Our new partner who I'm really, really excited to announce we are working with, super, super stoked. Thank you, Angie Huberman, for this connect. It's incredible. Uh, AG1 Athletic Greens. I've been using them for a while. I have them every morning on an empty stomach. Basically, take one scoop and you put it into a uh, cup or glass or mug of eight ounces of cold water. And this is all your greens for the day. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Every day I take this. It's so good for my digestion my energy. It's simple. It's easy. I don't like taking a lot of vitamins. This has been really, really helpful for me. I've had a lot of stomach issues my whole life. And ever since I've been gluten-free and taking the AG1s, it's really helped me in my stomach in the mornings. I love it. And I'm so psyched that they're part of the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm sure a lot of people don't like eating greens, let alone drinking your greens. But I can tell you straight up, it's got a mild tropical taste. And the taste is actually really refreshing. And I really look forward to it each morning. Don't don't think it's just going to be just straight bland. Um, it tastes really, really good. Um, and it's good for you. So remember that. This one blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's incredible. Just one scoop, especially for musicians who are vegans or just musicians in general who want to get those daily greens. You can get the packets. It's incredible. I just gave some to my friend Derek from Sepultura. He traveled the whole entire world this summer and he had he had those every single day. He said it saved him. I bring AG1s with me when I travel. It helps me stay healthy. You know the deal. If you're on tour and you are uh, a picky eater, but you need to have your greens, sometimes catering doesn't have greens. Sometimes you miss the catering. Sometimes you miss the backstage food. Sometimes it's too late after the show to go get food that you like. So if you just have a, a scoop of uh, AG1s in your hotel room before you go to bed or you're in the hotel room at night and you're starving and you want something healthy, boom, life changer. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with some convenient daily nutrition. That's all you need. One scoop in a cup every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. This is it. I'm super psyched. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit drinkag1.com slash OLLC. That's drinkag1.com slash OLLC. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This is incredible. I love it. It's just basic greens. For me personally, this has changed my life tremendously. I'm not a junk food vegan. I don't eat a lot of fake meats, so I'm strictly, strictly greens. And this has been a wonderful, wonderful new addition to my life. So once again, visit drinkag1.com slash OLLC. That's drinkag1.com slash OLLC. Get one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. That's drinkag1.com slash OLLC. Yo, yo, Liquid Death, thank you so much for hydrating all my guests, taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water, love your brand, love what you stand for, love you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. So if you go to liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. And if you want to get water, Liquid Death Water, go to amazon.com. But for merchandise and other things that's not water, go to liquiddeath.com slash Toby and get free shipping. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst, stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. Check, check. Microphone. Can I mic check with you?
Mic check. Can you hear me? One, two, three. Yeah, can you hear yourself in there? Yeah. yeah you sound great. Okay. <clears throat> Welcome to the One Life, One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morse. Today, I have a very, very special guest, uh, a friend, and also uh, one of my son's closest friend's mom, uh, Jesse Golden's here. Thank you for being here. <laughs> I love that. It's kind of crazy, right? <laughs> it's so crazy. Um, but you're more than just a mom, obviously. But being a mom is incredible. We know that. Happy belated Mother's Day. Thank you so much. Um, so thank you for being here. I did a deep dive on you. So we met a long time ago. Obviously, our kids went to school, Larchmont Charter, which is a great school. We were talking about it earlier. Um, and that's when they met and then they reconnected pandemic i guess for surfing right yeah i mean i w we were just talking about how lucky we are that they have each other because yes. they're just such rad kids like yeah I i'm just obsessed i'm so grateful that they have each other because la is a crazy city to raise children in the first place <laughs> yeah and these kids it's like you s they get so stoked about like just the surfing i mean i've never seen like two kids just get so stoked and like my husband and i always joke like they're the only two kids i know that'll drive at 4 p.m on a friday like <laughs> two hours north or two hours south for waves like and maybe surf twice or three times a day yeah oh and, yeah and last night they surfed in the dark they uh, surfed all night long i couldn't i couldn't sleep and i was watching that new documentary uh 100 foot wave and i'm like i should great i should not be watching this while the kids are surfing mm -hmm. at night. surfing at night is just going in the ocean alone for me i was never a big fan but my, my max made me more comfortable going into the ocean during the pandemic but at night fuck that I, I, no way man i know he, he took devin the other night my husband and he's like he surfs too well he drags him out there i mean he motivates him what's that's the cool thing about having kids right they make you do yeah. things and and so they went night surfing and Devin's like, well, what about the sharks? And Claire was like, oh yeah, there's great whites out here, but they won't bother you. <laughs> it's crazy how it's so fearless at that age. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. And just the ocean, how beautiful it is. And I never really cared about it. And people talk about how spiritual this connection. But when I stood up on the first wave during the pandemic, I was like, this is something so uncomparable to skateboarding, which I grew up doing. Right. Just the wave taking you. It's, it's un I can't imagine. It is a high. Yeah, and I think because you're in Mother Nature, like, I mean, I saw the transformation because the kids really started surfing like crazy during the pandemic. Yeah. And it literally saved their life, I think, because they had that, they were able to be outside all the time. And when they come home, I don't know, I just feel like they're magical. Like, mm. they're in the water surfing with dolphins in the sunshine and the seesaw. <laughs> like, yeah. We were talking about cold plunging. It's like, yeah, I think they're like lit up all the time because they're in the freezing cold water. It's true. <laughs> it's true. You know, they're just, they just have like this sparkle about them. And it's, it's so cool. And they crash pretty hard when they get home. Oh, Cleo said that's his favorite thing in the world. Is it's a deep sleep, I bet. Yeah, yeah, just like surf your brains out and come home and just pass out. I wonder if they're going to be doing this their whole life. I think they will. Yeah, you really grow out of surf. I see this old dude's out there killing it. Yeah, still. I think it's such a beautiful sport to be able to do. And release all that stuff, yeah. Yeah. Especially going outside. It was crazy during the pandemic. There was some beaches that were closed. All that shit. That was like nuts, man. They kept going though. They I were, know. They were like, I was like, they were like, the beaches are closed. And like, if you get in trouble for surfing, like, so be Come it. On, <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, people were out there. Yeah. Not social distancing, not wearing masks in the water. But the, I, hung, I hung the most ever in the ocean was during the pandemic. Like the most of the time I spent in the ocean. Yeah. It was beautiful though. Yeah. We all it needed peaceful. it. We needed it for sure. But both of us come from like um, cities. You're from Chicago. Mm -hmm. 
I moved here from New York, but I'm not from there. But it's a, it's a long way from the ocean. Um, I want to start your journey with that, with Chicago, where my wife is from. Um, you were born there. And uh, how was growing up there? I was, I'm so proud to like have grown up in Chicago and I really feel like I kind of gravitate towards people that grow up in cold environments. Yeah. I just feel like it does something to your character, like having to walk in that cold. And it's true. I was telling Cleo, I was like, I used to have to wake up an hour before I had to leave just to like s- remove all the snow and ice from my car, start it. Yeah. So it would warm up. <laughs> crazy like just little things like that that just kind of like builds character and agreed um lizards all that stuff yeah and it's just not sunny i don't know there's just something about it so i'm very proud to be from chicago but i craved i've i always dreamt of like you know the sun and Mm -hmm. and the ocean and i wanted that lifestyle so i actually left when i was 17 i went to florida on spring break never came back never came home yeah yeah i was like crazy out (laughs) everyone's like wait what i'm like no i'm not gonna come back my mom lost it she's like what do you mean do you have siblings i do i have a older sister and then my dad remarried and i have two younger brothers oh wow yeah but i was always i always not that i felt like an only child but i was kind of like in my own world and super independent always yeah yeah were you a wild kid growing up oh gosh if you know when i think about wild like <laughs> uh i guess i was like if cleo did half of the shit that i did i would probably be like we should go talk to somebody mm. <laughs> yeah yeah i was like i was into witchcraft and really oh yeah i did and then you know i got i did a lot of drugs at an early age like 13 i started wow we just hanging out going out yeah, I was always escaping. I was always trying to escape. You know, I, my my home was crazy. My mom remarried several times mm. to men 20 years younger than her. They were all addicted to drugs and alcohol. And so there was a lot of chaos. And I think I was just, um, looking back, I was always very spiritual and just kind of like in my own world. And I think I was just craving more of that. And I learned very quickly that drugs are not for me. <laughs> mm. I I almost went over the edge a couple times. Really? How many years you were doing it for? You started at fourteen. Um. Yeah. Like. Th- well, I would. Yeah. Around thirteen, fourteen. Just drinking, smoking. Ugh, LSD and. Wow. What and, about coke? No, never okay. did coke. I think I like missed. That's what kind of. I mean. That's good. Not that it's good, but like, I did um like weird stuff. Like we were doing like wiki, which is <laughs> I, I don't even opium and. Wow. Um, LSD and um, the LSD is what did it for me. It was like I almost didn't come back. It's not really. And that's actually when I found yoga is I was having like major anxiety. I think I was, I don't know. I don't know if that was just the time. But in Chicago, we would go to like coffee shops and drink pound, gallons of coffee and smoke cigarettes. It was like, that's what you did. <laughs> and um, I think it was making me have a lot of anxiety, like too mm, much caffeine. Totally. And then, of course, doing drugs. And um, I had this yoga book and it talked about like breathing exercises. And that's the first thing that I fell in love with with yoga is like, I just need to learn how to calm my system down. And so I started practicing these breathing exercises and then I eventually started diving more into yoga. But um, at 18, I made a pact with myself that I would never do psychedelics again. Mm. I was like, this is not for me. I'm, I realized that like I could get to that same 
place that I was seeking, which is almost like a state of samadhi and yoga. It's like an enlightenment phase with consistent meditation. Yeah. Yeah. And and if I take these drugs, which I think is a whole nother topic, but it's like a quick way of people thinking that they can get there, it could be so dangerous. And mm-hmm. for someone like me, I almost didn't come back. What does that mean? Like you just, you just. I was tripping for like a good year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A year? I um the last time I did LSD was a really bad trip. And does Cleo know all these things? In case he does. Stuff? Okay. He does. Up, yeah. Yeah. No, okay. I told him because That's you know awesome. I want him to be educated. Yeah, it's smart. And nobody, nobody ever told me that. Like, you know, I always tell him I was like, you could take the same hit of marijuana and have a completely different reaction yeah. than your friend. Your friend could smoke the whole thing and be fine, and you could take one hit and have an anxiety attack. Like, you just True. don't know. But yeah, I um. I uh, I had a really bad trip and I didn't feel like myself. The next day I noticed right away like I was off. And then um, a couple of weeks had gone by and I smoked a little weed. And during smoking weed, the trip came back. It oh, wow. came up the back of my spine. Anybody that knows, like if you've ever done LSD, I don't know, it kind of tingles. And, and I just kind of went into this woo-wah-wee-wah phase. And I was like, whoa, this is not right. Like what's happening? And I mean, it got, it got wacky, but it would come and go like for about a year where I was like, all of a sudden I would be in school and all of a sudden I would be like tripping balls and I would be like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. Um, so that's why I made that pact with myself. Oh, it was so scary to not have no control. Yeah. No control. And, um, you know, that's why I fell in love with yoga because I was trying to gain myself back and like just calm everything down and, um, I think that's what really started like the whole phase of like self-help and spirituality and like just Mm -hmm. trying to discover who I was. And, and it was such a weird time to like kind of be sober because all my other friends were just starting to experiment. And so I kind of got like the nickname of like being grandma, (laughs) (laughs) like taking care of everyone. And you already went through it already. I already went through it. I was over it. I was like, I'm over all that, you know, so kind of not look down on people, but like, Oh, these kids, you know, like like their counselor. Yeah. Did your mom know you were partying like that? She did. Yeah, she knew. um, And she was like pretty, she's, she, you know, was anti-drugs, but she, she did drink a lot. And so our house was like kind of the party house. She didn't Mm. know we were like necessarily doing other things, but um, she kind of felt safer like well if everyone's here sleeping over at least it's fine you know she was here she was that mom so it was kind of cool but um yeah she didn't i mean i eventually ended up telling her about all the lsd and stuff like that and she was just like oh my gosh (laughs) like that's crazy did it affect your grades in school and stuff i always hated school (laughs) yeah hated it uh i just didn't understand it at all um (laughs) So, yeah, my grades sucked. They were really bad. But I also, like, the school I went to is so bad. I recently looked it up. Um, You know, they grade schools from, like, a 1 to a 10 or something. Mm -hmm. I think it's a 4. Jeez. Like, it's a really bad school. We had metal detectors, and we had to wear tags around our neck with photo IDs because of the gang violence. Wow. It was a bad school. I mean, I was getting wasted with my English teacher, like, on the weekends. What? Yeah, it was a really bad school. So I didn't I never took anything serious. I was like, this is the most ridiculous, like 
You're getting wasted with your English teacher on the weekends. Getting wasted. The first, it was a female, oh. which is even more weird. Holy But fuck. I went, the first time I went to her house was with, I was dating this guy who had already graduated. And he's like, uh, um, he was, the woman's name, don't, I don't even, I shouldn't yeah, say Yeah, don't it. say it. I shouldn't you say it. You think she's still a teacher though? No, because she was quite old. So I don't Jeez, think. what a crazy ass. Yeah. But the first time I went to her house, we like brought a bunch of alcohol. And I remember I walked in and she goes, you were never here. And I was like, got it. What grade are you in then? Uh, I was a junior. Dude. Yeah. And That's... just like getting hammered with her. And then the next morning, I'm like sitting front row. And I'm just like, she can't fail me. Mm. <laughs> so true. You know, I was you like, gotta... she has to pass me now. <laughs> uh, but I just never respected anybody. And, you know, mm. to be honest with you, I, I, eventually do, I eventually did homeschooling my senior year the school was just so bad and I was actually modeling and dancing and it just felt more it just felt better and I had a uh homeschool teacher who actually ended up her her son ended up um marrying Jennifer Hudson wow yeah and she in that year my senior year she would come to my house like twice a week and work with me I loved her so much and I learned more my senior year from her one-on-one talking mm-hmm. to me as a human being and yeah just uh, so much insight um that was my favorite thing about school was well, that last so year. you started doing uh you were a ballerina at a young age too or no dancing? yeah so my mom owned a dance studio for like 42 years wow okay so I literally grew up in yeah. that world and um dance was like everything for me I say it saved my life like over and over and over but I knew really quickly that like I wasn't going to get far with it dancers don't make a lot of money and Mm -hmm. it's a tough it's a tough gig so uh I do competitions and stuff too oh yeah we competed everywhere I did all that and um I did get to dance with some ballet schools but it was never I don't know and I was so tall like to do pas de deux which is like dancing with a guy it's like I need someone who's like six four yeah that's not really common (laughs) so did you like it? You loved it? Oh, I loved dance. Yeah. Dance was like how I transmuted like everything and anything I was going through. Yeah. You know, we were talking about like our kids. Like I just think, I, I think everyone needs something like a way of like releasing totally. what they're going through. And, and for me, it was dance. And then modeling happened on the same time or later? I actually did childhood modeling. Like my mom had me in it. I hated it because mm. it was just another thing that like took me away from hanging out with my friends. And social, yeah. But um, when I was uh, when I moved to Miami when I moved to Miami when I was seventeen, <clears throat> I was actually like cleaning houses and like working really? at a furniture store. I was like doing whatever I could to just like make ends meet. Did you have friends there? You just met people at spring break and stayed. Uh, well, my aunt lived in Jupiter Island, okay. so I had like someone there, and she That's was good. like a cool aunt. Um, and then I met a boy, a surfer, so that was done. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> like I'm never leaving. Uh, but you know, my aunt actually dragged me to a modeling contest. She's like, you have to go to this modeling contest. And I was like, oh, this is like so lame. And I was like, they just steal your money and it's like all bullshit. And so I went with like this major attitude and, um, you're 17 then. Yeah. And the guy actually was like, comped me for like this weekend that normally costs like $5,000 or so. It's literally like a scam. Mm. And he comped me and I was like, meh all right well if he's gonna comp me maybe i'll go so i brought my aunt we made it a vacation i ended up signing with an agency in miami and then that's when i started like working 
for real. And yeah. I was like, and I hated it. I don't love hate, re- hate with it. Like I hated that I was being judged on just the way that I looked. Yeah, super shallow. Yeah. Like I was used to being judged as a dancer and that was something that I could like go in the studio and work at. Totally. But as a, as a model, I just thought it was so shallow, but I could lay out on the beach, you know, four days a week and work one day a week. So making was, good money. I was making good money. You know, I got my own studio in Miami. It was $600 a month. Wow. And uh, I <laughs> was living on my own. I, I never relied. I never, I borrowed like $600 from my dad and I paid him back like a month later. But I, I've been on my own since I was 17. How long did you stay with the surfer dude for? That ended up being like a bad relationship. <laughs> uh, probably like a year or two, but we broke up like 10 times in between. Wow. Yeah. So are you, are you, just, are you traveling at that point too, Marlon, going to New York and stuff like that? A little bit. I went to New York. I hated it. It was like January freezing. Cool. Brutal. They had me going on so many go-sees and auditions and creepy photographer like they were just it's crazy what i think of it super creepy oh my god like i was 18 and like they're just sending me to like creepy photographer's house by myself (laughs) wow you know i think about it now and i'm like wow like that was so dangerous um you survived it yeah but yeah it was a little i just i never i never like really loved that environment and i think i i kind of shot myself in the foot i had an opportunity to go big and I walked away from it uh after after I went to New York I think I signed with major models and then they were like oh you know you're on hold for guests and Sports Illustrated and Vogue and I was like nah I'm gonna quit (laughs) and I and I actually saved that I just found that it's a fax that they're like begging me to like holy shit like you're holding for the biggest jobs in the world and I was like nah I don't like it and, and I just like walked away and um, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. That's cr- So you walked away then when you just working a regular job after that? No. So I had just shot Abercrombie and I made like $20,000. And to nice. me, that was like, I was 18. And that's I was a lot. Like, I'm killing it. I could go <laughs> not work for like a year now. Um, Especially on $600 rent. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't know. I think it was like a perfect storm. My best friend died he got into a motorcycle accident and it was like the first person that I had lost, um, that was like really close to me. And I don't know that, that had a big effect on me. And then, um, this is a crazy story. You're going to love this. My, so I've been obsessed with Elvis my whole life. Okay. Weird. (laughs) I don't know if it's like a dad thing or what. And, uh, I actually, would go to these like Elvis concerts in Chicago. There was this guy named Trent Carlini. Okay, Elvis I went, impersonator. Yeah, so I went ever since I was like a kid. He ended up. No, that was afterwards. I think I did, was a backup dancer for him at some point, but it might have been before. I don't know. He ended up becoming a friend of the family. Okay. So my sister got married in Vegas, and she invited him to the wedding because he lived in Vegas, and um, he was married with three kids, and he showed up to the wedding by himself. And now all of a sudden I'm 18 and oh, I was man, like, I see where this is going. and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> so anyways, he's like, Oh, Claudia cheated on me. I've been living in the office and, and, uh, uh, long story short, I never left Vegas. I never went back to Miami. I ended up moving in with this Elvis impersonator. What the fuck? 
<laughs> was he handsome and looked like Elvis? He did. He looked like Elvis. Oh, what version of Elvis? Though? The <laughs> good Elvis, like okay. 68 comeback Elvis. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, that was a wild ride. And so he had a big impact on me leaving, you know, modeling, which looking back, I, I, you know. Was it a good impact? Well, I I wish that he would have been like, no, you should do those jobs and then come back here. You know, I was I was just floating around yeah. on my own. And Were you hopeless romantic back then? I guess We're so. Looking for love, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. So Elvis in person. Now you're living in Vegas at 18. Yeah. yeah. Going to shows every night with him and yeah. Don't know anybody else there but him, right? Nobody. Dude. Yeah. It was wild. And he had three kids, so I was all of a sudden like a stepmom to at 18 a one, three, and a six year old. I'm still friends with the girls. That's cool. He he recently passed away, which is really oh, sad. Wow. But um, sorry, the girls are like these, you know, married and they're stunning. And like looking back, I'm just like, wow, it's like mind blowing to me that like I was a stepmom. They used to call me Ma Je, like oh, like yeah. I was like literally <laughs> like a stepmom. <laughs> so how long did you stay in Vegas for? How long does that last? I think for like a year I was solid there and then I started to like get anxious like was it a good relationship it was he was okay. he was a good guy but at the same time you know I was young and and I was not ready to just like be a mom and I started to run out of money how old was he he was a lot older he was 18 years older than me holy shit I know Devin's like what <laughs> what <laughs> your parents that's what I'm saying and I was like I well the thing is is like I always did what I wanted. Mm, I was very like stubborn it. and very independent. Rebel. And nobody could tell me anything because I was paying my own bills. True. You know, so it was like no one had control over me. And um Wow. Yeah. I ended up I ended up coming to LA though. That's when I came to LA and I had to start all over. Like with my tail between my legs. I went to LA models and I was like, Well, I was the face of Abercrombie two years ago and and all these big companies wanted me two years ago. And they're like, yeah, well, you're old news now. So we got to start you all over from the beginning. Wow. And I kind of missed my, my boat. I mean, listen, I made a living as a model my entire life. So I'm so grateful. Yeah. But I hustled and I did a lot of catalog and a lot of like, you know, it, it paid, yeah. it paid the bills. But like, you know, had I taken that other route, I probably would have been able to, you know, have a much who knows though you never know you know what that's what i say i'm like you know what maybe i wouldn't have cleo and if that's true the case, i'd rather take this road she's so like what 19 or 20 now coming back to la yeah i was like 20 yeah around 20 and you start over start over and just start modeling and Did you have friends in la too when you came here no i didn't know anybody <laughs> yeah so i lived at the models apartment so i was i was li i would come here work during the week live at the models apartment and then fly to vegas and that's when tickets for southwest it was 35 dollars a ticket or wow. something and because I was so independent and so like, I always had this like, I could do it on my own. I paid for all my own stuff. So even though this Elvis guy, he was pretty successful. He had a lot of money. I never took any money from him. I was very prideful. Looking back, I'm like, Jesse, you should have you let him help you. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, uh, yeah, so I went back and forth for about a year. And then it got to the point where I was like, I got to be here full time. And then I eventually got an apartment here and. You know, just started working full time. But and so leading up to having Cleo, you were twenty five years old, right? When you got yeah, pregnant. Yeah. So you're modeling up all the way up until that point as well. Yeah, it I mean, I modeled really, really my well. whole pregnancy and everything. Wow. Yeah. This picture, you pregnant? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think you posted this before. I yeah. Seen this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was actually my favorite. It was probably the first time I actually loved modeling. Because mm. I was like, this is so cool. Like, you know, I get to show my. It was right when. Um, 
well, we were obviously pregnant around the same time Moon was. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So like that time frame was when, um, like, so so prior to that, like Gap and like these companies and stuff would literally just use regular models and put fake bellies on them. But at that I time, that. like maternity modeling, they were showing real bellies, like showing midriff and like showing off the belly. That was like a whole new vibe. Mm. So they had to actually hire real pregnant bellies. So I signed with this agency called Expecting Models and they got me so much work. Wow. And uh, it was my favorite because the clients like treated me so nice and like I had this big belly. <laughs> it was just like so fun. That's cool. Yeah. Is that still an agency you think? Oh no, it is. Yeah. That's I just so cool. helped a girlfriend get with them last week. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't even think about that. I just yeah. So you did a lot of work with that. A ton of work. And then she even fo- does like, even with breastfeeding. So like Cleo, Cleo did his first job at six weeks. And then we started booking jobs together. And, you know, wow. we just, we just, yeah, we just continued to, to do that. I think, I don't know. I'm sure you can relate and all parents relate. Like before I had Cleo, I was just kind of like going with the flow and I was paying my bills and I had a nice life. But as soon as I got pregnant, all of a sudden I was doing everything for him mm-hmm. and it was my motivation. So even going to auditions prior to having Cleo, I would kind of like, Oh, I don't really deserve this job. All, the, all these other girls are prettier. And then as soon as I got pregnant or as soon as I became a mom, I would walk into auditions. Like this is my job. You guys can all go home now. <laughs> I got a baby to feed. Yeah. And it just really, so my career actually got better after I became a mom because I just, I had this, um, confidence that i didn't have before yeah and doing it for him doing it for him yeah that's crazy man that's beautiful yeah it is so the 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 baby daddy was he around for a second so baby daddy was a model as well oh wow yeah a handsome hawaiian (laughs) surfer <laughs> and wow. uh I just fell in love and I I mean he had he has Cleo smile that's where Cleo gets his smile from. I was just like this mm. Hawaiian surfer and we just fell madly in love. We were dating for like 3 months and I got pregnant completely unexpectedly. And um and I called him and I was like you need to come over you know, and I told him and he was like this is the best news ever. He was like so stoked and I was like really and he was almost so stoked that i was like do you know what this means like yeah i he was i don't know he was from he was from hawaii so he had like a really nice disposition but almost i don't think he was realistic about a lot of things so um we tried to make it work he was there uh during the pregnancy and then for like a year on and off but he just i mean he was a model so he was like i was like dude you need to go back to like bartending just so like we can like save money or like do something. He's like, I make, you know, $3,000 a day. Why am I going to go? You know, that kind of attitude. I'm like, yeah, but you're not working. So, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, so I, I start, I basically started feeling like I was responsible for him and Kaleo. So eventually when I got on my own two feet, I was like, dude, I was like, I can't do this. And yeah. um, it's, it's really tough because I trade. I tried to. I did not want to have a child from a broken home because I grew up in that environment. Yeah, and I tried more than I had in any relationship, even up to this point, to try and make that work. Yeah, because of Cleo. Stability, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But at a certain point, I realized I only have control over me. 
like I can't change him and he wasn't willing to change. And it's not that he was a bad person. I mean, I can get into the whole psychological stuff of it, but he was adopted and I think he had like issues with not feeling worthy. Yeah. And there was like all this other stuff going on. So, um, I can see that. Yeah. So he kind of, he kind of went MIA. He didn't, he, him and Cleo had no contact for like eight years. Wow. He wasn't there when Clay was born either. No. So he was there when Clay was born and like maybe the first year or two on and, and off. And then he disappeared. He went back to Hawaii. Um, and then like five years ago, I can't remember exactly. Came he back. randomly called Cleo. And I called him right away and I was like, dude, I'm I'm totally fine with you guys starting a relationship if you're having some like moment. Yes. But do not fucking hurt him again or I will kill you. Yeah. Like 100%. if you're going to do it, do it. So they talk like intermittently. Um, you know, it's tough because um, I never talked bad about Cleo's dad to Cleo. I ne- like my mom did that to me and I just remembered how awful it was. So yeah, I smart. always, I always like teeter tottered like, Oh, you know, like your dad just doesn't really know how to be a dad. Or I, I would just like say like things that like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know to try not to be like, your dad's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but now it's really interesting. I mean, I'll, it also breaks my heart, but like, unfortunately Kaleo, is seeing why it didn't work out because they have a challenging yeah. relationship mm-hmm. and, and he's, he's get he's getting to make up his own opinion. That's the best. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's great. Yeah. It's It's great. I can't imagine like no judgment to him, but I can't imagine like not wanting, not that he didn't want to like being part of my son's life. I can't, I just, I would, I would move next to you and I work at a fucking shit job <laughs> yeah. just to see him and have a chance. I can't, I, yeah. when I hear people doing that, I just understand that. Especially if, if the wife's like, there's like no restraining orders and like, it's just, no, let's make this work. Like it's, you're allowed to be part of his life, but then you just, whatever issues you have, who knows respectfully what problems that person went through, but just not be there for your child. I can't imagine that, man. I cannot imagine like seeing my son grow and be there for every moment. I can't, man. Well, it, it, I tried to figure it out for years too. I didn't comprehend it. And 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 that's what was so challenging cuz he's not like a a bad person. Yeah. But I feel like it's a big reality having a child. It's Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. I feel like though n- now seeing him and I don't know. I, I feel like it's kind of eaten away at him. Of course, his know? guilt for sure. Yeah, yeah. Especially cuz Cleo's like the coolest. <laughs> totally. You miss being part of that. You know, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So now that now you're modeling pregnant, Kaleo was born, you're still modeling. Yeah, still modeling. And, and yeah, I mean, I think that's when like things actually got pretty good because I was like super stoked and confident. And um, you had him in the bathtub. I did. And you, and yeah. you ate the placenta. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about that. <laughs> okay. Because I, I know people do that and just break that. First of all, the baby, you had him in the, uh, in the bathtub. That's beautiful. Yeah. It was actually a little kiddie pool in the what? middle of my bedroom what yeah i um that's cool yeah i just wanted to do everything natural i think maybe it was that whole drug thing again that came mm. back i just i never took like antibiotics or tylenol like i was very holistic so i was like i just want to have the baby at home and and do it natural so is that is it well you're never going to know if it would have been painful the other way but how, how long are you in labor for i was in true labor f- labor for six hours 
but that's not even that crazy no it's not i mean my yoga teacher's like if you want the baby to slide right out of you just walk so i walked every single day like a maniac like I used to live around here. I would li- we live by the Grove. So okay. I would like walk to the Grove and then do a lap and then walk to the Grove and do a- I was like this crazy like Nordic <laughs> pregnant woman walking. Um, but no, it wasn't, not that it wasn't bad. It, it just comes in waves. But like that's the cool thing about your body is mm. like it, I don't know what kind of hormones goes on and stuff. I mean, I was in another dimension. Yeah. I was in another plane. So I don't really remember the pain yeah, uh, it was just such a beautiful experience. So, um, so yeah, we I gave birth in the water, and then I knew I wanted to eat the placenta because well, so break that down for listeners. Like, yeah, what that means, what does it do for you? What's the purpose? Yeah, so all mammals eat the placenta in nature. It supposedly gives you everything that you just lost mm. and instigates maternal instincts. All the nutrients, just all the nutrients okay. and everything. Yeah, I know. You're like, I'm a vegan. I don't know <laughs> if I would eat that. <laughs> it's so interesting though. Yeah. Well, I was kind of like very, uh, like, I don't know what you, the, like barbaric the way I did it. Mm. But like now you can do it civilized and dry it out and put it in pills. Okay, um, what did you do? I literally threw it in a blender with chocolate protein and just oh chugged God. it. Well, I cut it in half. And then we we buried half in a pakaki tree under a pakaki tree in our home, and then the other half uh, I just chugged it, and it just tasted like blood. To be honest with you, um, <laughs> blood and chocolate. Yeah, blood and chocolate. I was just wow. like, give me. Well, and so in traditional Chinese medicine, I read that if you eat the placenta, you'll never be able to tell you had a baby. So that the vanity of that was probably more encouraging mm. for me. So I was like, what does that mean? No stress. What does that mean? I don't know that. Okay. I'm assuming it again, it's probably all the nutrients and minerals you've lost if you replenish your body, you know, because yeah. it's taxing, obviously, on, on, a, on a body. So, how big is the placenta? It's big. Okay. It's, so, it's a whole nother birth, which I was like, thanks for letting me know. Like, you birthed Kaleo, and then, like, five minutes later, my midwife was like, okay, now you're going to push the placenta. I was like, there's something else in there. Like, what do you, why did <laughs> no one told me? So the placenta is attached to the umbilical cord and it's a whole nother thing that comes out and you're like, holy shit. Okay. Is it like all like goo? Is it just like, it's very gooey. It's like a big ball of like, did you yeah. have second thoughts when you saw it about eating <laughs> it? No? no, because I was so high. That's I cold. was so, I, I, I actually just found the birthing video. I, thought I lost it for 10 years. And when we just moved, I you found have it. You video? Yeah. <clears throat> and wow. you could tell that I'm just, I'm somewhere else. Zoned out, yeah. I almost, somebody, I remember one of my friends watched it and she was like, you weren't on drugs? Like <laughs> they thought I was actually on something yeah. because I was in such a primal, weird days. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So threw in the blender and just ate it. <laughs> just ate it, yeah. Wow. And do you feel yeah. anything? Do you get... Does it get sick or nothing? Just No, I felt good. I mean, I had that and then, um, well, right after I gave birth. The same birth, day you gave birth, you ate the placenta? No, I think it was the next day. Yeah. I think we put it in the freezer. I was going to say, I wonder how fridge. long you're allowed to have it before, yeah. before well, it goes bad. When you go to the hospital, they just take it and, and they'll, they'll, they'll sell it. So you have really? to tell them like, no, I want my placenta. They'll sell it? <clears throat> yeah, they use it for, I don't know what they use it for, but. Um, do you think it made a difference doing that looking back on it? You know, I'm one of those people where it's like, I'm willing to try anything like the holistic natural stuff. So I'm totally down. And, um, 
It's you, part of the, it's part of your life in a moment. It's something you did. And it's yeah, part of your child. It's, yeah. Regardless of what it did or not. Yeah. I mean, I was so young. I was 26 when I gave birth. So like I bounced back pretty quick and, and you know, I felt great. So it's hard to tell. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Man, having one kid is just having one kid is just amazing. Uh, if I if I could have had like a oh, boy and a girl, that'd been great. But like, where 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 my son is at now at twenty and all the traveling we did, everything we did together at such a young age, it's so much easier. Right. Obviously, I'd love to have more kids someday. But my wife made me get the snip a long time ago. Um, Would you adopt? I don't know. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Would you? I've always want like I've always pictured myself with a lot of kids. I don't know if that's like from another life or something. But um, we're trying right now. Really? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, we've gone through such a challenging time because I got pregnant unexpectedly with Cleo at such a young age. And then now, um, so I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when I was 29. And that's played a huge factor in trying to get pregnant because with rheumatoid arthritis, your body basically uh, attacks itself. So it's doing the same thing with the embryo. So I'm able to get pregnant but then it attacks the embryo as like a foreign a foreign invader. Wow. So um, I'm doing all these protocols right now. I kind of was telling you uh, when we were texting, like I just went to Tijuana. Yeah, what was that what you do there? Yeah, so it's illegal here. Um, it's legal in Mexico and Canada. They basically take Devin's blood, my husband's blood, and they do something to it for like four hours. And then they p- take the white proteins out and they inject it in eight places in my forearm i know what? crazy you had that done already twice yeah what is it called uh lit okay uh, like lufocyte intravenous treatment or something holy crap um but it's basically for me to see Devin's part of the sperm or the embryo as a friend instead of a foe gotcha. so like you create um antibodies and they they tested me like i was at like a level 15 which is bad and they wanted me to be over 50 and i'm like over 90 now so for six months i'm good like to keep to try for six months and then if i don't get pregnant during that time i'll have to do it again but there's all these like cool new things that you know they're figuring out um and it's not just people with autoimmune disease but someone like me it's like it's becoming more challenging because not only my age, but I have all these antibodies and cytokines and everything that's kind of attacking everything. So I have to bring the immune system down. And so, were you healthy leading up to getting this? Like, there was no issues with you growing and growing up and stuff, like health issues. No, I was fine. So out of nowhere, this happens when you're 29. Yeah. So when I was 29, um, I how do you know you have something wrong with you? Yeah. Right. So I really thought I was bulletproof like up until that point. Yeah. And I thought I was the epitome of health. Like mm-hmm. I became a vegetarian first when I was 11. I'm not a vegetarian anymore. That's okay. I'm still friends. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but at 11, wait a yeah. why 11? Why you chose that? Yeah. So I got sick eating meat. Um, in Chicago, there was like a fad in the nineties where you would like go pick your raw meat out of the kit, out of the, uh, these like big refrigerators and they had these huge grills and you would cook it yourself and I guess I didn't cook it right. This was a fad? This was like a fad in the 90s in Chicago. Really? It was like a restaurant thing. Wow. They probably got shut down because people oh, yeah. weren't cooking it right or who knows. So you got sick from it. I got sick and I told my mom, I'm never eating meat again. And my grandmother's like, you're going to die. Like, you know, because <laughs> this, this is Chicago. Yeah. In the, in the 80s, actually. 
It's like, so different now, but yes. Late 80s. Yeah. No, my grandma's like, you're going to die if you don't eat meat. And my mom was so cool. She's like, okay, honey. Like, took me to a nutritionist and we learned about lentils and soy. <laughs> and, nice. you know, we had to go to a special grocery store. Cause, health like, food stores, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, we had to go downtown because there mm-hmm. was nothing near where I live. That's lived. so crazy. Now it's just like everywhere. Oh, it was. I was so weird. And then I almost liked that I was weird. So then I joined PETA and like wow. took every opportunity at every dinner table to like argue with people. So you got real <laughs> militant. You got super militant. Oh, yeah. it became a passion. And wow. I was 11. I was just like on fire. I was like getting people to sign petitions at school. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really funny. Yeah, yeah. So and I so so basically. How long what, did it last for? Oh, till I was, I didn't eat meat till I was, gosh, I don't know, 20 maybe. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think I ate eggs and cheese. Uh, I mean, I was just vegetarian. Yeah, I didn't yeah. go vegan until after I got diagnosed. I was vegan for a while. Really? Yeah. But I, yeah, so I was always on like the forefront of health. Like I was like hanging out Air One before Air One was cool. You know, I was like, this is 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, it was like a nightclub, man. It yeah. Was wild. I was there when it was Ron Tea Garden, and I would just like drink reishi by the gallon. And I was doing That's all awesome. the things. I thought I was, I really thought I was the epitome of health. And then my body started to shut down. But um, I always had an excuse why I was tired. I mean, I was, I breastfed Kaleo till he was four. Okay. So I was a single mom working. Of course I was tired and it just kept going on and on and on. And I went to my doctor and then I went to my Ayurvedic doctor and then I went to my homeopathic doctor and everyone's like, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And I was like, oh, just, you know, I didn't know what it was. And then I, I was running with Kaleo at the park and the tar pits and I thought I tore my Achilles tendon. I was like, what the fuck? This is like the worst pain ever. So I went to the ER and the lady in the ER was like, have you ever seen a rheumatologist? I'm mm-hmm. like, a rheuma what? And she saw my hands had so been, quite. were kind of sw- swollen. And she's like, I think you should go to a rheumatologist. So thank God for that lady. Uh, I went to a rheumatologist. And then um, they tested me for the RA factor. And sure enough, she's like, you have rheumatoid arthritis. There's no cure. Um, you need Jesus. you need to go on medication right away because it's believed that it'll stop the progression. Um, you can go; in, you're more likely to go into remission. So they started me on methotrexate, which is basically chemo, and um, TNF were you, were your blockers. Hands hurting at that time, or anything? Yeah, my hands were like black and blue. My knuckles were black and blue, wow. and I kept just thinking, did I like hit the wall at night? Like, mm. I just had an excuse for everything. Yeah. You know, I was in denial. I was getting this like weird thing um, where I would feel like I was getting sick and feel like I had a fever and a sore throat. And then the next morning I'd be fine. Wow. So come to find out rheumatoid arthritis is a low grade infection. It's really common to have like a 101 fever, um, obviously achy joints, stiff joints. I was dropping weight. Um, which again, I was like, well, I'm still breastfeeding a toddler, you know, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's, it was, it was, it was really scary because that was the first time that I had also had to rely on, um, like pharmaceuticals. Mm. And I was really torn with that because I had kind of, 
held myself in like a regard and I was so proud of like, I'm holistic and I don't even take Tylenol. And here I am like taking all these drugs. And, um, but sure enough, like clockwork, my body started reacting to the drugs to the point where like the side effects of the drugs were like worse than the actual disease. And I was like, this isn't right. Like if I'm going to deal with this chronic disease for the rest of my life, I'm going to try everything. So before pharmaceuticals, before pharmaceuticals. Yeah, yeah. So I think the fact that I tried and like I started having bad reactions, my family at least was like supportive. They're like, yeah. okay, you know, go do your woo wah wee wah stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I went down this like path of like just trying to heal myself. I hired a macrobiotic counselor by the name of Mina Dobik. She, I had heard of her through a friend, but I think she's like worked with Gleneth and she's mm-hmm. kind of a big deal. She healed herself from stage three ovarian cancer, stage wow. five ovarian cancer. She was given three months to live like 20 years ago. By, by non-pharmaceutical stuff, just everything else? Macrobiotic diet. Like wow. this doctor, this guy, Michio Kushi, uh, he was like the guy who like, it's, it's all like, um, it's just all diet. You know, it's just all diet. It really is, man. Yeah. So I just went on this like crazy healing regimen, like not only diet, a lot of it's like traditional Chinese based too. So like um, I would drink certain tinctures at certain times of the day because like that time of the day is associated with a certain organ. It was like really cool. Wow. Um, Really learning about your body. Yeah. Yeah. In a whole nother. Yeah. Like I thought I was healthy until I did that. I was like, oh, you know. So, um, we cutting certain things out of your diet besides being vegan. There was trying gluten into everything, probably. Oh, n- yeah, everything no caffeine, no, wow. no, the no only sugar? no sugar. The only That's sugar hard. I had was, uh, I would have, um, it was like a sweet, what was it? It was like a, it was like a vegan jello mm. with, with maybe apple juice or something and i did have it wasn't vegan i would have a piece of cod every wednesday that was the only pro like fish protein yeah but no cheese no alcohol uh you know it's was that stuff working so it's like the whole pro the whole concept which is pretty common now but back then it was not really this was 15 16 years ago was like their whole concept is like we're going to bring your body from acid to alkaline that takes at least 90 days but not only that it wasn't just like a healthy diet it was like every single thing that i was putting in my body was getting rid of inflammation dissolving fat deposits getting rid of anything bad i ever put in my body so i actually went through a healing crisis where i got really sick i had never experienced that before before i started feeling better so my body was still struggling like my mobility was really bad I almost felt like the Tin Man. That was the only way I could describe it. Mm. It was like every synovial joint, which is every joint that bends, just felt broken. And um, But my eyes were clear. My skin was clear. <laughs> my brain was clear. I felt so high. Wow. Like I felt like spiritually high. Mm. But my body was just taking, you know, a, a long time and... I gave it about six months and then my family kind of had an intervention. They're like, Jesse, you should probably go back to the rheumatologist and just like make sure you're okay. And I went, you stopped using the prescription he gave. Oh correct. yeah. I yeah. hadn't been on anything. Yeah. And with, that's the thing with rheumatoid arthritis. It's like, um, you want to stop the progression of damage because once mm-hmm. the damage is done, it's, you know, you're kind of screwed. So 
I went back to my rheumatologist and she's like, I have never in all my years of practice seen someone torture themselves as much as you've tortured yourself. She hooked me up to an IV of steroids for an hour to bring the inflammation down that I had. And the next day, you'll appreciate this because I saw something you posted the other day. I had never ran in my life and I mm. ran five miles. Wow. That next day. Awesome. Because it was like the first time I could move in like a yeah. year. Yeah. Because of the freaking steroids. <laughs> yeah. You're like superwoman. I felt like superwoman. <laughs> I was so stoked. You she know, just ran the next day. I ran the next day. And then I and then I kept running because I, I was thinking in my head, if I can if I keep moving, this can't get a hold of me again. Mm. So I had this like whole concept of like just keep moving. And I kind of found this balance between Western and Eastern medicine. I took everything that I learned from my diet. Uh, that was like, I think I did steroids one other time in 16 years. It's definitely not something that I wanted to continue doing, yeah. which unfortunately a lot of people with RA do rely on. And then I did go back on a different type of medication for a little bit. And it was almost like just to get me out of this hole that I was in. Yeah. But I knew that I didn't want to be on it forever. So I slowly weaned myself and then I was in remission for for a couple years. I was completely off everything. I felt great. And then I went through some stressful t uh, stuff in my life. And I think this is so interesting with disease just in itself, like talking about even how I got diagnosed because I have some theories on it. I considered myself healthy and I feel like I feel like everybody's predisposed to certain diseases genetically mm -hmm. or yeah. environmentally. And those diseases just wait for a weak point. And stress is a huge one. The first time I got diagnosed was, I was literally living in survival mode. The first fear, four years of being a mother. Yeah. I was breastfeeding. I was, I was financially having to do everything myself, physically having to do. I was burning myself at both ends. Yeah. And I think that's when it snuck in. And then after remission, it came back. Um, during another really stressful time. And it's almost like I felt it like I gave it a window to mm. like creep in. And I was like, fuck. Because once it <laughs> creeps in, it's so hard to get rid of it again. Yeah. And and that's why I'm such an advocate of like, you know, just keep taking care of yourself on a regular, regular basis, like getting ahead of it. Yeah, keep your immune system strong. Yeah. Don't let it get weak. Don't... That's why sleep's so important too. Sleep. People really talk about sleep so much. It's yeah. so important. Yeah. And hydration and just just walking or just moving. Yeah. And just your environment. Like yeah. your, the, like who you hanging out with and mental too. A your lot of work it, yeah. and, and all those things Balancing. that can cause a lot of stress. Wow. So are you at a place now where it's so what's your what's your daily with it now? Like what's it it's pains every day or just so I'm in a weird goes. place right now because I was not, uh, I wasn't doing anything for a long time and I felt really good, but my hands got so fucked from 16 years. Basically, I need new hands. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I've had two hand surgeries. Um, but the, oh, I saw the picture too. Was, yeah, yeah, it's gnarly. But they didn't want to replace my knuckles. My doctor's like, listen, you're too young. I don't want to replace your knuckles. Let's wait. They're doing a lot of advancement, you know, using... Um, cadaver right now they're used they just do silicone which okay. don't last long so the surgeries i did have basically what they did was it's like devin always jokes he's like just tell people you're a fighter it's like a real common fighting issue <laughs> is like the um 
the tendons slip off the bone. So they just put the tendons back on the back in place. And how long do they stay there till they pop off again? Well, that's the thing. They don't really stay in place. So, Mm. you know, if there's any inflammation, it could easily. I mean, it's it's like funny. Like sometimes I think about this and I'm like, I should probably share shit like this on Instagram because like people are like, yeah, probably assume certain things when they look at our Instagrams or something. And like lately my thumb has been popping out of socket every day and like it'll just happen like randomly. I'll be like making breakfast and I'll be like, oh, and I have to like pop it back in place. And I'm like, if people knew, yeah, (laughs) like these are just like daily struggles that I deal with. We're not perfect. Yeah, we're not perfect, you know, and it's been such a humbling journey, rheumatoid arthritis, because for a long time it was something that I could kind of hide from people yeah and now my hands are, you know, are very visible that that you know i can't hide them especially um i you know i own a skincare line and i constantly yeah. have to do videos of totally. me like putting stuff on my face and with my hands and i'm like wow what is the universe trying to teach me and it all comes back to self-love it's yeah. like you guys these are my hands and and this is just the way it is and and um, i think that's awesome that shows the true you yeah. You know what I mean? All for imperfections. Yeah. How common is it to get what you have? Rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah, how common is it? I don't know the statistics right now, but it's it's pretty common. It's more common in women than mm. men. It's more common in women after they have children. So I think the hormone fluctuation definitely has uh, an impact. Um, but it, it's unfortunately, it's pretty common. Yeah. Autoimmune it, disease in general, it's taking over so can you move your hands and like make fists can no you, can you do like no can't do push-ups can't do anything crazy like so that? i can do push-ups um like i Hand if stands. i push my hand down but like i can't do it myself wow. if that makes sense yeah. so i've had to learn how to modify everything because i'm super active and you know yoga is my life and yeah and um so i've had to it's been a long journey i mean just the surgery in itself anybody that's had surgery it's a fucking nightmare i had my right hand for six months and then I had my left hand for six months. You know, you do one surgery at a time. But when the new hand, I still didn't know how to work the new, I had basically had no hands. <laughs> yeah. Because like I didn't know how to work the new hand. I was in therapy. Jesus. So I'm just getting to a place now where I feel like I've learned how to modify everything. So I can do push-ups and I can do things. It's not as graceful or as pretty as like, I'm used to it being, but okay. I can still do things. Yeah. Yeah. Are you insecure about your hands? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But now people hear your story, they know exactly why, you know, what you're going through, you know? Yeah, I love sharing. You have no control over it. You're trying your best. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I've always. these scars are cool, by the way. Yeah. I love scars. My yeah. My wife loves them too, yeah. Fuck it. It's, it's just, all it's, builds character. It's part of your journey. Exactly. Would you? Uh, does it freak you out enough to what you would get something done so you can't see anything on your hands anymore? Or? Well, I'm just more worried about the mobility and yeah. the pain. Like when you get rid of the joints, you don't have pain anymore. <laughs> so I'm like, let's just get rid of them. Damn. Um, or would you get new knuckles or anything? Yeah, I would get new knuckles. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. So but I not new hands. Yeah. Basically, new hands. I mean, the knuckles. The main knuckle is the is the problem. Um, but, you know, before I decided to do surgery, I went to Columbia and got stem cells because nice. I was like, let me try. You're trying everything. Oh, I was trying everything. I was like, because wow. I don't, I don't want to have to go down the surgery route. Um, 
What do the stem cells do, actually? Freaking must be intense. A crazy experience. So they did. I got the most stem cells you could get, like intravenously, just like in my body. So those work everywhere. Basically, they're designed to like go to the place that needs the most work. So sometimes you don't even know. Like I don't know. I've heard of people like having a heart condition, but like their eyes are really bad. So like the stem cells go to the eyes first, but their eyesight gets better. No way. Um, wow. And it's it's not one hundred percent. So like a few people with autoimmune disease, they're like sometimes it takes multiple treatments. But I had 150 million stem cells intravenously. And then if you guys want to see a gnarly video, in my highlights, I have the video. They did um, stem cells in between each joint of my knuckles as well. Um, And they couldn't do any like... And it's like, no, you know. You just felt it? Oh, it was so... They had to pull the joint apart. And then shoot the needle in between the joints. Why could they numb you for that or anything? I don't know. What put you under? I don't know. Wow, that's yeah, gnarly. It was so gnarly. And then my hands like swelled up even worse. And I was like, what the fuck? But I kind of <laughs> knew. I mean, my knuckles were pretty bad at that point. I wish I had gone earlier. I love everything that they're doing with stem cells. I think it's, I think it's really amazing. And I think it can help a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just in your hands, basically, where the most, that's where the pain is. That's where everything goes. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty common uh, in the extremities is like where it shows up first. And even when I was like in remission, um, I noticed that my hands always kind of hurt. My hands Mm. always kind of were tight and just kind of always hurt. But I think I just, I was in denial too. I was yeah. like, trying to ignore it. You know, like when something's going on and you're like in denial and you're like, no, I'll be fine. It's going to go well. I said, stop fine. thinking about it. Yeah. And then like one day <laughs> I woke up and my hand was locked shut. And I was like, Devin. Like a fist? Like a fist. Oof. And I was like, Devin, um, I can't open my hand. Oh my God. And it was just locked shut. Out. It was locked shut. All the tendons had slipped to the pinky. So okay. I physically could not open my hand so what do you have to do surgery you have to go right to surgery with that yeah yeah how long how, how long do you have to wait till surgery like have it shut like that mm. i went to uh i mean it all happened pretty quick i did it all during during the pandemic which okay. was great <laughs> i mean you know but it also sucked because like i had to do everything myself like Devin just dropped me off like oh, no, yeah, one, no one could come with me yeah it was like the whole the whole freaking thing but your fist is shut for a couple of days Oh, it was shut for a couple of months. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. I, I could do this. I could do this. But yeah, my hand is still pretty much shut. I can open it like yeah. if I want to, but not by myself. Is there a scar on your hand? Oh, yeah. I have two huge scars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's not from where I'm sitting. I really can't even see it, to be honest. No, the scar. It's not the scar. It's yeah. the mobility. Yeah. You know, like I have to like press my hands down to open them. Yeah. Because your hands look normal. Well... They don't, but thank you. <laughs> right here they do, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. For me, I mean, I don't know. Was there a picture you posted? Was there like stitches or something? Maybe I should get some tattoos. <laughs> I was going to say that, to be honest. Imagine you have, you have any tattoos? No. Imagine you only have just hand tattoos. <laughs> just hand tattoos. Like, a, like a flowers or something, something really well, pretty. That's hilarious. Dude, you could do that. I know. My friend uh, went bald and just got tattoos all over his head. It what? actually looks really cool. Like fake hair or just like? I think it's a little bit of both. I don't know. You guys are lucky because you guys could do shit like that. We can't do that. <laughs> we can't do that. A lot of my friends have that. Yeah. 
Like my whole head is tatted right now, and if I if I start, going, oh, it is. My whole head's tatted. Yeah. Oh wow! So you've I, I, had to shave it and then. Yeah, tat I just it? don't like. I don't want to say never on this podcast, but you know, if I've always had a crazy widow's peak hairline my whole life, and people said I was bald, but I always had a crazy widow peak like my grandfather. But if it actually gets worse, I can just add some. Yeah, I just in the do front. a deep hairline. Like a lot of my friends, have, I'm not gonna say any names on this podcast. Yeah. A lot of my friends gave themselves new hairlines and redid the whole shit yeah and some people can pull it off for me it's really kind of uh abrasive it's not really my steez to have like shaved down tats everywhere i I just don't want to be like unapproachable like that yeah some people pull it off and they like that yeah i don't know it's not really my thing yeah but your friend looks good with it yeah no it works yeah Hmm. would you ever get tattoos besides your hands i don't think so I, i when i was younger i wanted to get tattoos and you know, looking back, I'm glad I didn't, because like modeling and stuff, it oh yeah, would have been a nightmare to like have to do makeup all the time. But I, I like tattoos on other people. Like yeah. Devin's got, got tattoos. Tats. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. been getting more and more. I like my notes because we've already talked about so much out of my notes. Like, couldn't walk for almost a year. We I love body that you have all your notes. Um, all holistic uh, for this, that, and. Placenta and, um, <laughs> but also you dropped a book, The Golden Secrets of Optimal Health in 2016. I did. Have you dropped a book since then? No, but and I kind of want to revise it. Like, gosh, though. Get, like a like a chapter where you're catching up where you're at now or something. Yeah, I, I, I feel a calling to do that because, you know, it's so hard. To, well, first of all, that was like a second child. Writing a book was so gnarly. Yeah, I'm sure. I want to do one someday, but I'm, it's very therapeutic. It's very therapeutic, yeah. But so much has happened to you since then. Right. And some things, you know, I would say 98% of the things I'm like still down with, but a couple of things I've changed my mind on. Mm. Um, But, you know, when I wrote that book, it was like, it's the same thing. Like, that's why I say rheumatoid arthritis has been a blessing instead of a curse, because it's really inspired me to do so many things. Like, I became a holistic health practitioner because of it. And that's why I started um, the Golden Secrets blog, which was original. Because nobody was talking about autoimmune disease 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And people were like begging me on like MySpace. <laughs> and Friendster. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, how did you do it? Like, what are you eating? What are you doing? And I was like, mm. bro, I need to just do a blog and like s- just say some basic things that are working for me. Yeah. But simultaneously, I was writing the book because I was like, I I just felt a deep calling. Like, I could not sleep until I get this shit out on paper. Yeah, it's nice to and get it, it, it out. And it just was like taking over my life. Like, mm. oh, I got to get this out. So that was such a relief, like when I was able to finish that. And it's just so nice, like, because if people reach out to me, especially with rheumatoid arthritis or autoimmune disease, where do I start? Yeah. I have somewhere to give, go, like send them. Yeah, it's nice. Because it's, it's impossible to There's a lot of information on your everybody. website. Yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah, I like being able to help people and um, it's an easy way to do it. I like that like um, the, manuf- the manufacturing place for your company is solar powered. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Like it's I, super organic, super everything, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't really, I never had an intention of being a skincare owner, but it just kept popping up in my life. I had been making products myself. You making oil blends in high school and stuff? Your own oil oh, blends? Oh, yeah. I was like, they, my nickname was Patchouli Queen. <laughs> I love Patchouli. <laughs> yeah. I, all I wear is Egyptian musk. That's my favorite I smell, thing. That, I smell that's it all when I, wear. I got here, yeah. That's yeah, natural. Yeah, I like it. I love it, yeah. Um, so that's what you like that yeah. when you were younger. Well, yeah, right away I had like this like... Uh, like I just hated perfume. It was like, you know, everyone was wearing like CK one and all this. CK one. 
I would get like headaches and I'm like, this is awful. So I always liked like natural stuff. And by the way, like now they're saying um, synthetic fragrance is like the new secondhand smoke. Really? And they're saying that because... Try to push something else. <laughs> no, no, but like, so synthetic fragrance is not only in cologne and perfume. They're okay. putting it in like our garbage liners. It's in, mm, that's right. You know, Glade, it's in candles, it's everywhere. And um, it's got parabens and phthalates and, and, and it disrupts your hormones and causes all these other issues. But the reason they're calling it secondhand smoke is when people wear it, not only are you affecting yourself, but anybody who smells it. So it's like you're smoking a cigarette gotcha. and everybody's getting secondhand smoke. It's like, so I've always been a big advocate of like natural, organic, essential oils and, you know. Um, Face masks, all that stuff, right? Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. everything natural. Like I just feel like nature cures when a cure is possible. Like that's mm -hmm. always my first go. Um, and uh, I just love being able to share like natural products that work and then, when I decided to do this, I was like, it's got to be done right for, like, from seed to skin. Like, yeah, everything's got to be done right or I don't want anything to do with it. And um, is it just you running the company or do you have some people? So it's it's three of us. And then we have our manufacturer who also does fulfillment. But there's just three of us. Wow. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's full time. It's You're shipping things out yourself. No, thank God. The fulfillment <laughs> company's doing that now. You I used to was, do it, though, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. by the way the tail end of me doing that was when I had one hand. Wow. <laughs> so it was like so gnarly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm so grateful that like, I don't have to do the, the labor, the labor end of that. Uh, I, I think that's actually why my hands got so bad was cause mm. I was doing all this tedious work with my hands every single day and they were killing me and I just kept doing it. Um, so yeah, so the com the company's amazing. We're, we're we give back to farmer's footprint. We plant a tree for every order, everything, everything we do, right. Sustainable packaging, um, organic. We have like all these think dirty awards, EWD, EWG verified and, um, just constantly trying to push the envelope on like what we can do. Yeah. I love that you have like, um, like the positive daily rituals on there. Yeah. Like, you know, I wanted it to go behind like, I don't know, especially for women. It's like we look at ourselves in the mirror when we're doing things and we usually point out what's bad. And I was like, what if we took this opportunity to like say some good stuff to mm. ourselves, you so know, true. for everybody. Yeah. And I always say like, if you feel ridiculous saying I am worthy, I am lovable, I am confident, I am grounded, I am rooted, I am beautiful, then you need to say it. If you feel ridiculous saying yeah. that shit, then it's a sure sign. And I think we all do. I mean, we all have that negative 100%, narrative. Yeah. yeah. Always look at the bad. Guys are like that too, man. They are, look right? Look in the mirror and see little things. Yeah. I don't know. Devin, Devin always makes fun of me. Like Devin looks at himself in the mirror like he's Rico Suave. <laughs> I'm like, I look at him sometimes. And he's I'm pretty like, Rico Suave. I'm though. like, I can't imagine having that much confidence. Confidence. And like, he'll make fun of me because like, I'll look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, scowling and like you know he's like honey why are you looking at yourself like that <laughs> like, i don't know have you always been like that well you know there's no coincidence that i have an entire skincare line based on self-care i feel like we share and teach what we need to learn ourselves the most yeah. and um it's something that i'm always practicing and and you know i life keeps giving me opportunities yeah know, to, to practice for sure it's crazy i, I feel like that's um the way people look at themselves is really magnified and crazy now with social media too, man. And all oh, the pressures yeah. for women. Because back in the day, it was like, 
you get the magazines with the model, like the skinny girl on the cover. You have to go pick it up and read it. Now it's just like going through your phone. Everybody wants to get a fake bud or get this different stuff. Now a lot of pressure for young <laughs> girls. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I can't imagine being a young girl in this world with yeah. social media. I know. Because there's already pressures alone. The society has made how women should look or feel like they should look for a man, which I think is sucks. I feel like bad women have to go through that. And Botox, just everything women feel like they have to do in order to be presentable for someone else. Unless yeah. they're doing it for themselves, that's great. I know people get like really into it or addicted to certain things, fixing their face. But I love natural beauty, you know what I mean? Like I feel like, I don't know. I feel like women have a lot of pressure to be something that they weren't born looking like, I guess. I don't know. I think I think the pendulum's going to swing. I, yeah. I feel like it's gone really far just with everything and... I don't know. For me, I'm I'm more gravitated towards like the authentic, real stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I still, uh, when I see some some gorgeous model, I'm still like, wow, she's so gorgeous. But I'm more gravitated to follow like the people that are you know showing more authenticity, yeah. and behind the scenes, and that's why I think showing your hands is cool. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about doing a post actually the other day on just my hands, which is such a vulnerable thing for me. I think, be, um, I think it'd be inspirational for people. But yeah, I, I, I think maybe I will after this. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just showing your story. Like none yeah. of us are perfect. We're all yeah. fucking imperfections. Yeah. As much as how perfect we may look on the internet, it's like we're real people. Yeah, for we're, sure. It's deeper than that. You know, there's a lot of perception out there, but like just your story and going through it, you know, it's like, I don't know. And how you're dealing with it and yeah. fixing yourself naturally. I think people be inspired. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and you know, that's what does get me excited is, is just being able to inspire people, like just still being able to do yoga and like share that and stuff. It's like, well, yeah. just because I have this diagnosis or just because my hands are fucked up doesn't mean, yeah. doesn't mean I'm going to throw in the towel. It actually motivates me. I'm like, well, how can I do it now? All yeah. right. I got to figure out a different way. It's like, it's like. This whole experience with my hands has been, I, I've had to relearn my entire body, especially yeah. because I'm a dancer, I'm a yoga teacher. I, I still dancing? Uh, I still dance, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, Devin actually bought me a ballet bar for Christmas and it's like my favorite. Oh, that's sick. Like, it's awesome. It's so goofy, but like, cause like you could just use the countertop, but something about <laughs> a ballet bar like makes me feel so good. It just brings you back. Yeah. yeah, it brings me back. Um. I forgot what I was talking about. There's men products too on your website. You brought me some. Yeah, skin stuff. Oh yeah, and I yeah. well, I br I brought you. Um, Mac, my son uses your stuff too. Yeah. Can I just tell you <laughs> how <laughs> freaking cute the uh, Cleo showed me a video of their pad in Hawaii when they just went to Hawaii, and uh, it's like a swoop of like you know of the house. And on the counter was all this golden secrets. And I was like, that is the cutest oh, thing amazing. ever. Just like a pad of like boys, boys in it. Hawaii. And there's like a whole bunch of golden secrets on the counter. I'm like, That's yeah, Max so loves it. That was yeah. cool. Yeah, our kids just went to Hawaii for the first time. Max kind of leaving. He flew to Vegas by himself once, but he's always traveled with us. So it was a big deal for him and his homies to go to Hawaii for a week. Um, and he was texting me the whole flight, like, because he hates flying, but made it there. They had a great time. And then Cleo came back early because he had a shoot. Yeah, he was like, are you kidding me? He's <laughs> he like, got the I call, he's getting on the flight. I finally got all my friends to go to Hawaii. We got the sickest pad. Really sick pad, too. Yeah. I was like, it's fine. You're, you'll, I mean, it sucked, but like at least he was able to stay one more day 
they were able to push the fitting back so he could stay one more day. And I was like, now you could go on another trip. Like, it's fine. You yeah, guys they, they could totally do another one. Yeah. Um, what happened to the, so you hit the Golden Secret show on the podcast. Will that come back? Did it end in 2020 or something? Yeah, I mean, just with COVID because we were in a production studio, oh, okay. which was like so nice, actually, because we would film it and it would, sick. it was taken care of. It was like... Just walk out and that's it. Yeah, yeah I would yeah. just interview rad people and then like leave because I think the biggest thing... I don't know for me is just finding the bandwidth to like do I mean you will you know you have to like research the person yeah there's a lot that goes on it's not just like you hop on like you have to kind of know what you're talking about yeah um the thing that was tough about that though is I would have to like memorize these monologues because it was like televised so I would have to like that's stressful I would have to like memorize like today we have and I'm like oh but, That's um, a little stressful. No, that was stressful. So I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I love doing more things like that. Like I love just connecting with different people yeah. and finding out what what gets them excited. And um, But the Golden Secrets skincare is a beast. And I'm hoping that I can get it to a place where I can start doing more like podcasts again and stuff like that so your stuff is online is everywhere is out in all stores and uh well we're mostly straight to consumer but we are on amazon we're in a couple little boutiques like in canada and miami and you have big goals for it to get you know like originally i was like i want to be the biggest skincare line in the world (laughs) like because i just think it's like the best (laughs) and then i was like but i don't want to have 100 employees and i don't want to have to go to an office every day like that's brutal i just don't like that's just not my vibe like like my one main girl is in Nicaragua right now surfing and she's like working remote. And I love that. Like she's my main girl and like, she's like doing yoga on the beach right now. Like, that's cool. You know what I mean? She still gets her shit done. So I, I like having, um, I like having the freedom. I like having the people that work for me to have the freedom. And, um, I want to be successful and I want people who want access to it to be able to get it. But I don't need to be like, a billion dollar company yeah um i just want to have a good life yeah it's, it's chilling it's like you're living and you're comfortable and you can do it yourself yeah you're your own boss yeah that's the best way i think i think that's how we stay uh happy and young and positive is doing what we love you know what i mean very lucky to do that too yeah it's so important it's it's just gotten to that place like because i'm not gonna lie when i started this company it was tough I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't go to business school. I didn't, mm. I like, I had no idea, you know, and, yeah. and I didn't have the funds to like hire out, outsource. So I had to teach myself how to do everything, like building the website, Super DIY. Email, you know, just do everything. And that took up a lot of time. Um, but you did it. I did it. I'm like, I feel like I'm finally out of like the hump and I can start like enjoying, like I love the marketing and I love making products and like the cool stuff. How many years has it been around for now? Well, I think I launched my first product 2016. Oh, wow. But it was like a joke. (laughs) Like I was like, this is a joke. Everyone's asking me for it. I'm just going to put it on my blog and see what happens. Mm. And then it like took off and I was like, what? Then everyone (laughs) wanted more shit. And I was like, but it was literally more like an Etsy thing. Like I was still working, modeling full time. And it was just like a hobby. In 2019, I realized that it wasn't a hobby yeah, and that I needed to like do it full time. And that's when I became like a corporation and yeah. like started actually doing it for Legit. real. Yeah. 
So now it's your full time gig right now. Pretty oh much. yeah, 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 for sure. You can do it at your house. It just I I all I need is my computer. It's so good. <laughs> I know. Kaleo's trying to convince me to get a house in Hawaii. He's like, Mom, you That's can work Max anywhere. Said. You could get a house in Hawaii and we could surf every day. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, so what, what would have been your last job, like a clock-in job, like a regular job with a boss? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I think it was the furniture store. Okay. When I was like 17. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Think about that. I know. That's crazy. That's crazy. You've been doing your own shit for that long. Yeah. Modeling is what yeah. paid the bills. Yeah. Thank God. But like clocking in and having nine, all that stuff. No. Yeah. No. It's pretty amazing. I never did that. <laughs> <laughs> and then what about acting too? Are you in Land of the Lost? I was in Land of the and Lost. And the price is right? I was a Barker's Beauty. Yeah. I know. I, feel I need like to find clips of that, man. Oh, they're out there. You get the same and one they're pod. hilarious. Like, Price they're is so. Right. They still look like. It was like the 2000s, but they look like they're from like the 90s. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. They're just so cheesy. So, how long are you on that show for? Uh, oh, like 20 episodes or something. Yeah, I only did a couple months. Um, it was cool because they were auditioning new girls. Like, you That's know. Bob what? Barker? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bob was still Rest there. In peace? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Bob was still there. Damn. But remember they had those girls on there for like ever and it was like a big deal that yeah. they were hiring new girls. And the first time they called me in, I went as Jesse. And I don't even know. I don't know. You auditioned for it or no? Yeah, but like I went as me. Okay. Meaning total hippie. <laughs> I was driving my like 53 Chevy at the time. Sick. Like no makeup, no hair. Like I went basically from the beach. Damn. Love that. And they didn't. They didn't like me. Okay. So then they called me back in like a month ago, a month later, and I was like, I'm going to go in as Miss Texas. Like my idea of like a beauty pageant Miss Texas. Wow. And I curled my hair and I put makeup on and I went in there and they hired me on the spot. Dang. And I was like, and I was like, this is pretty cool because my grandma loves the show. I grew That's up cool. watching it with her and I'm like, and she was still alive at the time. So she watched it every morning. So proud. That's cool. Yeah, she loved it. And and it was it was cool. I mean, looking back, I'm like, it is pretty cool that I got to be a part of that. And um Yeah, yeah it feels like another world. It's a big part of uh American culture. It's just yeah. that show is just legendary. Yeah. I it's so funny though when I think about it, like I never got along with like the girls or like the hair and makeup. I was like hanging out with like the guys in the back like all the stage hands and they still like reach out to me wow. like all these old guys that have old cars that's they awesome. loved my old car and like i don't know it's so funny like there's this one guy who still does like a christmas card with us every year and he's like that's on amazing. facebook yeah it's funny <laughs> what about, so were you doing auditioning too at that time movies obviously yeah but you know it just kind of happened like i i never was like oh i want to be an actress you know people just started sending me out i was doing a Same lot with of the modeling too you didn't really want to do that either yeah i was like i was pretty lucky actually when i think about it but you know when you're here in california it's 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 you know it's pretty easy but i started going on commercials booking a lot of commercials i was like this is cool and then yeah i just randomly started booking um like some short films i did a bunch of like little short films i mean the biggest film was obviously uh with will ferrell and um, which one Danny McBride what's the, you just said Land it. of the Lost Land of the Lost <laughs> yeah, that's, that's legit yeah yeah that was cool experience yeah wow yeah. that's the biggest one right yeah yeah and I mean that was really it I can't remember what else I did I you still get royalties from that 
Oh my god, I got one yesterday. It's what? so funny. Yeah. Like seventy dollars here and Still, there. Still though. But it's pretty funny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All yeah. those years, yeah. Yeah. They play it a lot in October for some reason. I don't know why, but like I see it Halloween month or something. I, I don't know. know. Yeah. I, I don't know. But yeah. That, seventy bucks yesterday. That's pretty cool. I know. It is. So you're probably getting crazy maybe good money back then though, right? When it first came out probably. Um, I don't think I made a ton of money. You know, what, what paid the bills for me, honestly, are commercials. Yeah. Those are, those are the best. I mean, I was, I had some consistent modeling clients that I was really lucky to have, but like commercials back in the day, crazy, Super Bowl commercials, Coors Light, Miller Light, Taco Bell, like Burger King. All those you did? Oh yeah. Holy shit. I just was like real money, man. Yeah. It was like, it was a one day of work and you're just like raking in residuals and you know, I was a single mom. So it was like, those were like gold, you know? Yeah. So your aunt was the one you moved in with Florida, right? Mm -hmm. And she's the one who brought you to the auditions out there. Yeah. So shout out to your aunt, man. I know. Aunt Diane. Yeah. She's still around. Yeah, she is. Wow. Yeah. Cause that's good. That really helped you survive. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. She always like believed in me and, um, I was able to like listen to her more than my mom. Cause my mom, Different respect. Yeah. Her, my yeah. mom like really pushed me into everything and I, I felt claustrophobic, you but she was back. like, she was more cool about it. So I think I, I was able she to, she wasn't leave. so on you about it. Yeah. yeah. She had these opportunities and you try. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Um, so what else I got in my notes for you? So you you do yoga, you're a yoga teacher, obviously you're an author. I think you should put a book out or maybe like a, um, how like a mini doc about you, a story <laughs> about you. I think another book would be great though. I do feel like I have I have I have a lot to say. Yeah, <laughs> but you know how it is. I'm like, man, there's just like not enough time. I don't know though. This whole AI thing, maybe that'll help me. <laughs> yeah, you know. I think you should do continue your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it fun? It's fun to talk to people. Yeah, it's like, really fun. I was actually thinking, I mean, you've been to the house. It's like, I was yeah. like, that'd be kind of fun to do. There's a little greenhouse in the back. I'm like, have people in the greenhouse and chat. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any uh, major regrets in your life? Oh, yeah. Other than not doing the huge jobs. <laughs> the modeling jobs. Yeah, yeah. The big modeling jobs. I mean, but I don't like to live in regret. Yeah, I can see that. I, I really don't. You know, I, I think I could probably say a lot of things like, you know, doing LSD and um, not having more children when I was mm-hmm. younger. But at the same time, like I'm a big believer in like life happens as it should. Same. So. Yeah. yeah. You're an optimist. Super optimist. I can tell. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Your whole life you've been like that. Yeah. I actually have a great story about optimism. Tell me, please. So I'm a Sagittarius. What are you? Aries. Oh, okay. I love Aries. Whatever that means. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fire. <laughs> okay. Um, so the Sagittarius is the archer, like the centaur. Okay. So a story about a centaur. And so there's this guy walking in the woods, right? And he keeps seeing uh, a bullseye, like a target with a bullseye. And the arrow is in a bullseye. Am I making any sense? The yeah. arrow is in the target of the bullseye, okay. right? He walks a little bit, sees another one, another arrow in the bullseye. Walks another, like, couple feet, sees another one. And then finally comes upon the centaur with the arrow. He says, how did you get the bullseye in every target? And he said, easy. I put the arrow in the tree and I paint the target around it. <laughs> and I just love that metaphor. Yeah, that's, cr- that's awesome. 
because I feel like you can turn anything into a bullseye. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of the that's theory great- that, you know, a lot of things have happened to me that were unexpected. And I think I had an opportunity to be the victim and just like let my life crumble. And I've always chosen to like turn it into a good thing somehow. Yeah. And, um, and you think, had a good work ethic too. You have from, as soon as you moved out. Well, I think because I had to. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you wanted to leave. You wanted to make that change in your life, right? Yeah. I mean, I t- Devin and I talk about that, like with with Kaleo. I'm like, you know, his. It, I mean, it's cool as a parent. You're like, I don't think my kid ever wants to leave because he loves his life so much. Yeah. You know, but at the same oh, you're time. Oh, talking about Cleo, yeah. Yeah. Like, I wanted to leave because I didn't like my house. Like, my environment was not good. It's interesting how we grew up and how they're growing up. Like like I said before, my mom kicked me out. I love you, mom. I resented her for so long, but I'm <laughs> glad she did it because I went to New York and started my band. But, like, I, I can see that not to throw Max's friends. Some of Max's friends don't have this tight family unit that we have with our kids, like this love, open communication, everything, do everything together. They don't have that. So of course they want to fucking leave as soon as possible. As soon as you get their license, they're gone. Right. But we, we have such a tight unit. It's kind of scary at times. Um, or actually wrote something down about you, about your parenting, something about you said, and it really stuck with me about your parenting, uh, the attachment, uh, whatever theory. Attachment whatever that, parenting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I wrote that down. So does that mean, Break that down. Is that me because our kids are so attached to it? I was trying to figure <laughs> that out because I feel like, yeah, Max is going to move out someday. I always tell him like Billie Eilish lived at home until she was 20. Um, I think but, he told me that. <laughs> yeah, but it's like there's, you, once you get out there, you're out. You can always come back. It's really expensive, expensive to live in Los Angeles. But like we have such a tight unit and a family bond that I know that's not going to break if he moves away. But also like th- this moment now having him here, it's so special that I do have... Um, what is it leaving the nest syndrome going on I think about it all the time yeah and so like I'm realizing now that a lot of the kids aren't really moving out at like 16 or 70 a lot of his friends are still living home obviously Kaleo now the other of his friends went to college but I don't know I, I just love that I don't want that to ever change I know it's not going to but I have this fear of like when he goes away like he'll forget about me I won't be cool anymore he won't text me anymore no it, that's not true I know but it's like now I know this because he just traveled to Hawaii at 20 and he's texting me the whole time on the flight he's like <laughs> so I love cute. you I miss you but it's so special to have that because I know a lot of kids don't really have that and yeah. I really didn't have that growing up either because my dad died when I was three my mom raised oh, three wow. boys on her own my mom was never there but my brothers kind of raised me so I didn't have that my grandparents gave me that they fucking took care of me all the time my grandparents really really like stepped up but just the bonds that we have with our kids and how special they are like it's not going to change but i can't imagine this house without fucking max coming in like a fucking tornado every night you know running to the bathroom they come in and movie watching like still like that and so i don't know i'm rambling but the attachment parenting break that down so attachment parenting i originally learned about it when cleo was little and i'm i mean i think you guys just raised uh, Max like this maybe without even knowing but it's basically the concept of like being there for your kid like the whole the whole concept you're of supposed to be though right but I think that there was this thing and I don't know if it started like when mom started going back to work oh, or right. like <clears throat> they started <throat> making it seem like it's okay to like let your kid cry it out or it's okay to like not listen to their signals or it's okay to like I don't know even schedules I was always like <sighs> That it just doesn't make sense to me. So, anyways, <laughs> I just did things the attachment parenting way, where it's basically like 
how other people would explain spoiling a child is. But it basically is... Is it spoiling if it's love? Right. You're just there for them and you just um, treat them like a human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like for me, and, and I know for Max too, it's like, I think it just builds really confident, secure... Compassionate. Compassionate human beings. And they're not scared that like people are going to leave or like... Yes. Um, I don't know. It's just like it's I've seen it because I've seen kids that weren't raised that way and I've seen kids that are raised that way. And um, there's a big difference, you know, but I'm I'm with you exactly like lately I've been especially because Cleo has been traveling a lot like. Which are both encouraging. We're both encouraging. But we're you know like, they're coming back though. It's yeah. A difference. Exactly. Yeah. We're not saying go away to college or go move to New York and check it out. No. Yeah. Which yeah. I'd be down for. Obviously, I'm not trying to keep my son forever. We don't own our children. Yeah. We make our children. We raise our children, but we don't own them, which is fucking crazy to think about too. Because when they're babies, like this is my baby, but it's like no, we don't own our children. Well, basically, Toby and I have decided <laughs> <laughs> that they could go travel the world as long as they always come home. I know. No, but like but one day he, they are going to move out. They are, yeah, yeah. But I'm cherishing, like, when you just said that visual of, like, Max coming home. And Kaleo does the same thing. It's like, we'll be watching a movie and, like, it's a, it's almost a joke. Cause He'll most, bust right in the room. What's yeah. up, guys? We do the same. We're like, yeah, we're we, trying to have we a watch We put it movie. on pause. Yes. Because they got to tell you the whole surf story. <laughs> yes. Sometimes we're like, yo, not now. We're going to finish this movie because she's come bursting in the house, yeah. showing us all these reels of yes. yourself surfing. <laughs> same. But, like, as much as that's annoying when you're trying to have alone time, which we're going to have that chapter of our lives once our kids are gone, it's going to be you and your man again. Yeah. So that's a whole other chapter, which is yeah. kind of scary. It's not scary. It's just like, wow, it's just going to be us. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, fuck, walking by the empty room. No, we're going to get emotional right now. I'm yeah, we're person. cherishing. Like, I, I, I am completely like, I am completely aware that like, it's not always going to be like this. And I'm just like, it sucks though. Because I want it to be forever. I know. In India, I think like parents, like the we kids, have to move there. Yeah, the kids stay and the wife moves in. <laughs> Some big Italian families I know. My friends yeah. are there to the 30s. Yeah. I'm not saying do that to, to, for either of our kids. I'm just saying like we have it really good right we now. We have a special relationship with our Because kids. they still, yeah. we're still cool and they can still be open to ask us questions about things and, you know, get advice about things and talk to us and share things and not be afraid. The best thing about with Max was like even in high school, he'd text me and go, Everybody's skipping the next period. Can I skip the next period? Because we were so honest with each other. No kids were texting their parents going, can I skip the next period? They just did <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. Or can I skip school today? I'm like, sure. Like he would ask us. Yeah. That shit's beautiful. And I don't know how many people have that. And now for the parents listening, like your our number one jobs is to be role models for our children, 100% and lead by example. Because if it's not us, they'll find somebody else that may not be so positive and have, mm -hmm. you know, crazy things they can learn from. But like, yeah, we're very lucky. And I see that in Cleo too, like your bond and stuff. It's special. Yeah. And it's always going to be there. But I just can't imagine like, oh my God, my son's going to be married someday. I'll be at his <laughs> wedding. have kids. And then like one day, this is super morbid. One day I'm not going to be here. Me and my <laughs> wife, he's going to be the planet without us. And that's fucking me up. Because that's so morbid. No, yeah, I don't think that. You know what's exciting I want to be here forever, man. That's why, I'm, that's why we have to make the skin products. That's why we're doing all this <laughs> healthy shit to live to. I only live to 100. You will. I did not eat animals for like 35 years and never <laughs> tried drugs or alcohol to like not make it to 100. Did you never try drugs or nothing, alcohol? Nothing, my whole life. Wow, that's amazing. I haven't strayed my whole life. I've never tried a sip or, or nothing. Oh and my gosh. And that's what Max gosh, is like that. That is so amazing. And I don't tell Max to be like that. He knows that 
I'm a hyperactive, tattooed, skateboarding musician freak, and I didn't try anything. That is so cool. Yeah, I'm gonna try nothing, man. What that is like? Like LSD to me is wow. like what? I can't even imagine the cigarette or anything. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I like pride myself on working out every day, being healthy, eating good, and being there, so I can still skate a half pipe with my son tomorrow if I want, or go surf with my son or be there for him. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Have these moments. Are you an emotional person? Yeah. Do you cry a lot? Because crying is good for you. Yeah. On Mother's Day, I cried three times. <laughs> <laughs> I cry in every fucking movie, everything, man. Max hates it. like, I can't be around my parents. Moon's not like that. She's like more tough. But like, Max like, I can't be around you when you cry. Like, That's I can't so be fucking you when you cry. I've, I've always been like that, I guess. Probably since I lost my dad. Or then when I became a dad, everything's way more emotional for me. You know, looking back on life and... I'm going to therapy now, first time ever. Oh, wow. Never been to therapy. Nobody in my family's ever been to therapy, except for me. Are you finding it helpful? Yeah, I, I like it. I, have to, I, have to, I do. I like talking to a stranger and digging things out and taking off the layers and it's like figuring out where, I don't know. You, you, I haven't been in a long time, but scary. I do remember when I started going years ago, it opened up a floodgate. Right? That's what I'm scared about. I'm not going <laughs> to find something that I wish I never found because yeah. your your brain protects you from trauma at a very young age. Mm. And so like when you start like, because I never had closure with my dad. I never went to the funeral. I saw him on the bed. I saw him go to the hospital. I never came back. And that you was were it. three? Yeah. My brothers, two other brothers were like obviously older. Wow. And then never had that closure. Always asked when daddy's coming home and oh, for like a year or two. Wow. I mean, one time he came home, my, de- my, my brother had a sign. A piece of paper said, fuck God, because wow. my mom was making us, we're Catholic, go to church, and my brother's like, basically, there's no God if my dad took my dad, so he put a sign on the tree. I was like, oh, shit. What happened to him? Random heart thing at 33 years old. Wow. My dad looked like Elvis. Oh super handsome gosh. greaser from Troy, New York. He was a badass. 33? Yeah, and so every time we turned that age, we'd all get checked. I've had my heart checked a million times. It was some random thing my dad yeah, had. yeah. My heart is strong, um, but it's very sensitive. And I feel like, you know, I, I always look at like the way we're raised and then how we raise our children. I feel like that had such a huge impact on what the type of dad you are. Because like mm. you and Max have such a great relationship. And maybe if you had the dad, maybe you wouldn't have that. I don't know. Maybe if I had a strict dad, maybe if I like went to the military or did something else, didn't do music or who knows how I was raised. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. So yeah, like I guess... That's a no regret thing too. Like how we were raised, everything we've been through made us who we are now and all the things, you know? Absolutely. But being a parent is a fucking true blessing. And it always makes me sad when like people want to have kids and they can't. Ugh. And then people that have kids and don't, and just are deadbeats. That, that fucking bothers me. Yeah. Do you know, it's heart. like, we're very lucky to make, make children bring them into this scary ass world. <laughs> Cause it's a fucked up world, man. It is. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah. I don't know, man. It's great hanging out with you and talking to you, getting to know you more. You know what I mean? Like, Me too. But yeah, we're definitely on the same level as far as natural and organic and how we take care of ourselves and treat ourselves. And that's why I got the, the ice bath in the backyard and the sauna. You have a sauna too. I you have a cold it. plunge too or an ice bath? No, but we're get, we're going to get one. Okay. Yeah. I was just talking to Devin about it. It's such a game changer. What's crazy to me is like people have tried everything their whole entire lives, pharmaceuticals mostly, to cure depression or pain and Meanwhile, it's been here the whole time, a fucking cold shower or a sauna that they're showing more and more scientific proof that it helps everything. And it does. It's such a crazy emotional thing I do out there. Yeah. it's it's. I I, love it. Yeah, I totally get it. I was just talking about this the other day when I was actually doing my podcast. One of the people I had on was the guy who brought cryotherapy here. Okay. 
he built like the first cryo chamber. And cryotherapy was actually invented for rheumatoid arthritis in Did Japan in like wow. 78. So I was like, let me try this. And it's a, it's um, awesome. Yeah. And I run cold. So I was like, I don't want to fucking do that. But I went for like two years straight every day. Wow. And it was great. I mean, like just the mental strength just to yeah. be able to do it. Like the whole process that I would go through, I would feel high. I mean, I was doing it for inflammation to like decrease inflammation but like all the you other need side a cold effects for sure you need one yeah yeah hand, everything yeah, yeah for sure so that that was made for that and then also wim hof you know wim hof yeah the og yeah yeah, yeah. people make millions of dollars off these ice baths now because he's kind of set it off first i know legend yeah because that shit's all mental like going there it's like the first 20 30 seconds your brain's like get out get out but once you sit in it and lay back it's the only thing that keeps me calm is 39 degree water. It's so bananas. It changed my life, man. How long do you stay in it? <sighs> Originally, I was pushing myself every time to see how long I, I did 13 minutes once. What? Uh huh. That's a long time. It's stupid. My whole body was freaking yeah, that's, shaking for hours. I don't know that. You're supposed to do like one to five, three times. Yeah, yeah. But you're not supposed to go in the water, according to Dr. Andrew Huberman, my favorite doctor, um, more than 50 minutes a week in the cold ice bath. But sauna is like almost every day in my sauna. Yeah. And my sauna is 250. Wow, that's high. Yeah, but I love it. I love how I feel. I love yeah. like, I love running. The other day I ran six miles, came home, went to the cold plunge without the sauna, didn't even shower, put my clothes on, jumped in an Uber, went to lunch. <laughs> I start shaking at lunch with my friends. My friend's like, what's wrong? I said, I did the cold plunge. I was shaking for like 45 minutes and I had to go home and I went right into a hot shower. And got into, I was, I, I'm never doing that again. So listeners, don't ever, this is me speaking, don't go into the cold without the sauna. It was brutal. Like yeah. my whole body was shaking. Yeah. It's gnarly. Yeah. I but know. now I feel like it, I can be like, uh, join the polar bear club in New York. You go into the ocean in the winter. Yeah. Now I'm ready to go into cold water. I'm not scared of any of that. No, it definitely resets you. Cause I run cold. And when I was doing cryo every day, I noticed I wasn't getting cold anymore. You know mm. what I mean? Like so you're always cold. I'm always fucking cold. So you go to the sauna a lot or no? I do. Yeah. But lately I haven't been able to do anything cause I'm doing this whole trying to have a baby thing oh that's why yeah, that's right because when yeah. andrew huberman came to my house he says if you're trying to have kids you had to put an ice pack on your johnson so some <laughs> of my friends were in there with like a thing of peas on themselves oh that's funny interesting yeah, yeah. yeah. so that, yeah. that's real yeah yeah and i think too like i don't know i've gone through different phases like where i'm like super hardcore and like i want to do like cryo every day and sun every day and then like when i started going through this phase where i was like i'm gonna try and have a baby i just Every chilled everything out. Tried to put more fat on my body, not doing anything like too intense. Like Smart. just a different phase, you know. Yeah. And I think that's more common for women because women go through cycles. Like we have our menstrual cycle. We go through different phases with, um, you know, giving birth and then oh, yeah. menopause. Women like, go through a lot. Men man. are pretty stable. Like they could do like everything all the time. <laughs> it's pretty crazy the stuff women have to go through. For yeah, real. yeah. I think I lot. think there's something to say about it. Like I feel like women should chill when they're on their moon cycle and when they're, um, you know, trying to conceive. Like there's just certain times where I think you should just be more. Yeah. Chill. So how long you been working on having a baby at this moment? Fuck. Too long. <laughs> so uh it's been like three years now oh wow yeah i mean we got pregnant twice i miscarried Ugh, sorry. yeah we got pregnant right away like i was like oh my god this is gonna take forever because i mean i had cleo at 25 26 so all my mm. friends you know had kids after me and i felt like everybody had a hard time mm -hmm. like so i assumed 
it was going to take us like a year to get pregnant. And we got pregnant the second month. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then we miscarried. And then got pregnant again right away, miscarried. And then um, Devin had to go to Canada for six months for his job. Mm -hmm. And I was like, fuck, I don't have six months. Like my clock is ticking. Yeah. I was like, let's go to the IVF place and like see what's up. So they test you for everything, like everything. And um, everything was fine. And I, um, you know, did the retrieval where they freeze your eggs. We were able to make three healthy embryos. Now they can test the embryos, which I was like, I mean, this is all like sci-fi and never in a million years did I think I would go down this path. But um, I was open to it because Devin is such an amazing dad and I just want him to have the opportunity to be a dad. That's beautiful. You know, it's, I mean, I've always wanted to have more kids too, but like I have Kaleo and- Is he excited? Oh, he's so stoked, but like, he's just such an angel. Like I get so stressed out about it sometimes. And he's like, honey, another baby would be icing on the cake. We already have Cleo. Like he always says that to me. Mm. And um, so, yeah, so we're, we're doing this whole IVF thing. Uh, We have one more embryo left. And this time I'm trying all this other stuff, like this Tijuana stuff. I'm doing like this IVIG. Basically, it's never been like common infertility stuff. I've always had enough egg reserve and stuff. It's the RA. Mm. It's my body. I can get pregnant, but then my body attacks the embryo. Wow. Yeah. So, so it's going to be, it's going to be a battle. Yeah. So we're, we're in the thick of it right now. I've been taking, um, some like immunosuppressants to calm my system down. And then I'm doing this, it's called IVIG. I don't even know what it is, but these some lady's going to come to my house and give me an IV for five hours, like two days before I do the transfer. Wow. Everything is just to like bring the immune system down. I just learned all bring this. It down. Bring it down. Yeah, because my body over is overstimulated okay. and attacks healthy cells. Um, and I just learned this. I, I might ju- fuck it up. But the placenta's job is actually to modulate the immune system so the body doesn't attack the baby. But that takes a couple weeks or a couple months to actually develop. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, you know what? If the baby's going to come, the baby's going to come, regardless of me going to Tijuana. Yeah. Or, that's the where I'm at right now. But you're not going to stop trying. <clears throat> no, but I mean, I am 44. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> Jenny yeah. Jackson had a baby at 50. I know. I'm like, There's what a lot the of women heck? having babies now, like older. I know, it's wild. My doctor's pretty cool, though. He's like, we're going to do a natural cycle, thank God, because I can't... The hormones are just wacky. Yeah, that's... But he uh, he said, honey, you already have the embryo, and uteruses really don't age, so you're going to be fine. So he made me feel a little bit better. I was like, okay. My so brother said, kid, he says, my brother's 50s. But how old's the wife? <laughs> that's the important. 30s. Yeah, that's the important part. My brother's 55. Yeah, he's got like two young kids. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, I feel, I feel like a lot of that's changing as far as far as like ages of women can having babies. Yeah, but I think like I, I mean, it's just more dangerous later, right? Right. I, yeah, I'm more fu- I'm more fucked because of the RA. I yeah, mean, exactly. that's like the biggest thing. But I think I've learned so much through this. Like women, if you're not married and you're like 35 and you still want to have kids, go get your blood tested and you could see what your reserve is. Yeah, and then <clears throat> decide if you want to freeze your eggs because it's way better to get healthier eggs when you're younger. Like once you're 35, yeah. it's like, 
one in eight are actually healthy. Dang. Um, and that's why a lot of older women miscarry too, is because the chromosomes don't match, and it's just like yeah. you know, nature's way of you know doing things. So, um, so yeah. Well, I hope it happens. I do too. It would be so cute to see like Cleo and Max with like <laughs> babysitting. It'd be awesome. <laughs> and they could take him surfing or her surfing. Or whatever. Well, I'm so happy like our families are connected, and those guys reconnected from school and. They're like best buds. They surf every day. They're good kids. They're staying Such out of trouble. Kids. They give each other advice about girls. Just everything. You know what I mean? It's like, I, lo- I love Cleo's personality. He's a ball break. He's funny. He's got a funny personality. <laughs> I don't know he's joking or being serious. He's really good with that. Like, they're always breaking each other's. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And the modeling stuff together, same agent now. It's awesome. And like, he's inspiring Max to really go for it and try to do that. They're going to take over. Yeah. And I think it's awesome. I just think how both our families are raised different and similar at the same time you know yeah but um yeah well thank you you have a website too people can see right jesse golden yeah jesse golden.com okay. and then the golden secrets is the skincare yeah. website yeah um let me check my notes to make sure everything <laughs> just so <laughs> nice to sit notes. with you finally and talk to you about your life it's I awesome know. you guys gotta come up to the house we'll just i love the house chat. this house is awesome um let's see what else you got in here what about music you music fan I love music, yeah. What type of music do you like? Oh, it's evolved a lot. Like, it's, it's changed so much. Um, I've been doing, like, at home, I think Topanga just, like, does something to me. What I've you been, got? <laughs> no, I've just been listening to all this, like, goddess playlist, like, Myra Stark. I don't, you probably don't even know who that is. Is this, like, really peaceful kind of chill? Yeah, just peaceful. But, like, Devin also does, like, Wadruna. Have you heard of Wadruna? No. You might like it. Okay. It's, like, Viking... Dang, I could see him doing it's that. It's really, okay. it, it really gets you going. And I'm an Enya. I'm <laughs> like, like hippie chick, you know. How about Enigma? Yeah. It was sick. Yeah, that was good. So nothing hard, like hard rock or? A little bit. Devin's in charge of like the playlist. He's like, takes it very serious. And he's really good at like getting a vibe like in the house. What about hip hop? I went through a big hip hop phase and like now it's like, ugh, I just, I mean 90s hip hop I love. What loved. was your shit? What was some of the groups you liked? I mean, Tupac and, <laughs> you know, even Jay-Z. Yes. You know. There's yeah. a new Tupac series called uh, Dear Mama. It's incredible oh, right now. I love that You should song. watch it on Hulu. It's incredible. All old footage, new interviews. Oh, I think I saw, uh, a, someone was talking, I think I saw a preview where they were saying like if Tupac was still here, he'd be like, I think competing with Denzel or something like he was like gonna go yeah like he would have been one of the best actors it's incredible doc and uh his mom his mom's sister's in there yeah like it's a really beautiful doc it's pretty heavy I'll watch it um so Tupac Jay-Z yeah I mean I liked Elvis I liked old music yeah I was really you married into an Elvis impersonator. It's insane. Married and I was I was engaged. Okay, engaged, sorry. Yeah. Oh, you didn't get okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I did get married. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> um, but no, I liked old music when I was younger. I mean, I loved the Grateful Dead mm. and, and I went through that whole phase and, and then I was like a fish head and like rusted roots. It's real hippie shit. Yeah. Real hippie shit. Yeah, I was such a hippie. I can see that. Though. Yeah, I mean, I did go through like a little three eleven thing. I you get know? it. Three eleven's good. They got yeah. hits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, so what? I mean, last thing. What's like? What's like a uh, like a daily? What's like a daily ritual for you? Like, what do you do? Are you a coffee person? Like, what do you do when you wake up? Like, what's your? I daily? love coffee. Okay. I how many coffees a day? Wake up for coffee. I've only been doing one. Okay. But I juice it up. Like I put, um, turmeric in there. 
No, no turmeric, but shilajit and collagen. Oh, you want some other shit? Yeah. Pearl powder. And then I do I I do ghee, um, which you probably wouldn't do, but it's it's like it's a meal. Okay. You know? So but that yeah. what time do you wake up usually? I get up at eight thirty. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You? Hell yeah, eight thirty nine, yes. I go yeah. to bed late. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we go to bed late too. Okay. Yeah. Because we watch we like I don't know, it's like our ritual with we'll lay with the dogs and if Clay's home, which he's usually not, uh, you know, we watch shows and yeah. stuff. So then time. what about in the morning? Do you do yoga in the morning? Um, Sometimes. I really switch it up. Like yoga on the deck is really nice. That sounds nice, yeah. But I've been doing a lot of weight training. Like I'm noticing like as I'm getting older, I want to put more muscle on. So That's I've awesome. just been doing like, I'll just do arms one day and then I'll do full body. Devin works out at home like everyone's... He's jacked for the listeners. Yeah, so I'm like, he, he'll help me, you know, with shit. That's cool. And I'll just burn muscles out until I feel good. Um, but I, you know, cause I work from home, so I'm constantly doing shit. Like I have like a yoga swing. I'll go hang upside down. Seen I'll that. go outside and stretch. I'll like, I'm just constantly like moving all day hiking. I love hiking. I love hiking too. You know? Yeah. We used to see each other all the time. Runyon. Yeah. We, every day we drop the kids shit off, hole. Yeah, drop the there. kids off and then go to That's Runyon. Right. Yeah. I do love Runyon. I take my dog there. It's nice. It's, it's kind of like a Hollywood pain in the ass place to go and park and stuff but. i was just talking about that because in topanga like you'll go hiking and you won't see one person that's cool and i'm like i remember i used to go to runyon and devin's like yeah but that's fun too it's like a club <laughs> yeah, it's, an ear <laughs> one like, of hiking. it's so true but like everybody's up there i'm telling you that ritual for me was so consistent drop me at school and go there yeah i do the same thing and i would f- it would start my day like so good same. i would get home and it would be so productive and yeah. That's cool. What, what was that? Selma campus at that point? Yeah. Yeah. That was perfect for running. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still go there. It is a pain in the ass to get to every running Is it more. even crazier now? Yeah, it is. Yeah. During the pandemic, it was closed. We had to wear a mask. Oh up there my it was like a God. whole different world. But now I'm, I've been running more in the streets. So I've been staying around here. I got my little thing I do. Yeah. I have to drive. I don't have a car. I sold my car. I got Max a car. Yeah. Got my son a cold plunge. I stay in like in my little world here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do um, you run every day? Uh, I try not to. I try like today. I'll do strength and conditioning in my garage with weights, and then I'll run tomorrow. I'm trying to build up to do a half marathon next. Oh, nice! Then I'm gonna do a real marathon. I don't know about this year, but that's my goal to do it before that's awesome. I die. Because I'm only 53. <laughs> um, but yeah, you start running again or no? I don't think so. You know the whole baby thing. It's like oh yeah, yeah you can't. Yeah, do I'm chill so right chill. I'm like yeah. I mean, I'm doing weights. That's like most intense. And then I do some ballet and stretching and. I'm always stretching and I'm actually stoked. Like, um, I know Cleo and Max have talked about it, but like they're working out. Yeah, they Cleo are. Cleo comes home and he stretches. I'm like, yes. So important. Yes. Especially like, I'm at that so age. Stoked. Yeah. Yeah. I've been stretching too. I'm trying, I'm not trying to get hurt running. Yeah. Not be able to perform. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for being here. This has been awesome. Thank you so much. Great so to much hang fun. with you and hear your story and your journey and everything you're doing now and trying to make the world a better place and help people. Use healthy products. It's nice. Thank I you. can't wait to try mine. What yeah. is this one called? This what I got here. So I got you the sculpting gua sha stone. You can use that in the sauna. Okay. What is it? What is it? So it helped. Well, it's this, so this is ancient shit, like traditional Chinese um, therapy. This stone was actually the original stone used in ancient times. Holy It's crap, called Bian like, stone. Yeah. Like a knife. Yeah. It does look like a knife. And so what do I do in there with yeah. it? This so is So you sick. scrape your, you literally oh, scrape. Oh, Moon does that with something already. This yeah. is perfect. Yeah, okay, that's thank for you. the body. 
Ooh. And that has 40 trace elements. 20 of them are anti-aging. It's super. So you're just scraping your skin while it's sweaty. Let's get yeah, the skin off. Yeah, get it out. And then there's a Damn, copper dry brush in here too that you can use before. I saw you did that too. Yeah. 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 Okay. Before See, the sauna or no? I would do it before the sauna. So there's like some people say you should do it before. Some people say you should do it after. Um, I, I think it's fine both. Sometimes <laughs> I do it in the sauna. Okay. Um. But it's so great for detoxification and just okay. like further getting everything out. And then it's copper, so it helps with like electromagnetic balance in Thank the body. Thank you so much. It's really fun. So. Thank you. All good. All rituals to like just you know make you feel good and better. This is so good because I only yeah. live, live to 100. That's my whole goal. Yeah. <laughs> at, at least. This is so cool. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna post some of your stuff in the pod. So the golden secrets. <laughs> awesome alright Jesse thank you so much for being thank here you can you. look up everyone on social media or her website and check out her products and you, I'm sure you've seen pictures of uh, Max and her son on social media the two blonde boys we gotta get surfing. those kids posting more <laughs> I know that's one thing too that's one thing I do love I love that they both do not post on social no, media. No, they don't even use unless it. Unless we ask them to yeah. about something. Today, Max called me and goes, should I post about our shows? I'm oh my like, God, yeah. Kaleo too. He goes everything through me. I'm like, what 19-year-old is asking their mom for about, a freaking caption? For, yeah, that's what, he told me, <laughs> that's what he told me just now. He goes, should I write? I'm looking forward to these upcoming shows. I go, yeah, that's perfect. This happened right before the podcast. So I funny. sent him the flyers. He goes, should I post? And even with the modeling, I'm like, dude, you should post these pictures. Like, but I, I love that they're <clears throat> like me. I was outside skateboarding my whole childhood i love that they're outside doing shit every day they're yeah. not on their phones and not playing exactly. video games they're in the water being creative i love that about I it know. so i can't get mad when he's not posting social media but if they are trying to pursue uh molly it's important to have that's like your i don't know no that's why i'm like you guys shouldn't be paying for boards or houses in hawaii like you guys should be sponsored for everything and mm. if you used your instagram totally <laughs> like which is their portfolio at this point yeah yeah i think it's i think it's the one thing that they should step up a little bit yeah because that's how they're going to get their name out and do what they want to do but also at the same time i love that they're not all day on yeah the they don't give a shit we have to force them to do it which is hilarious did claire ever play video games he went through a little phase but yeah. not he was never i was always very his dad was addicted to video games so mm. i was like super aware of that You're like nah yeah no it's awesome yeah well, I love our families. And <laughs> Me too. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Okay, bye, everybody. Okay, back on the power, Jess. Hi, Jess. Welcome back. Thank you so much. Happy birthday. It's your birthday. <laughs> it's my birthday. I wanted to drop this on your birthday. I appreciate your patience. Um, yeah, I, I, I like to bank these podcasts way, way in advance. So there's a bunch of people waiting for us to come out. And I was like, I want to drop yours on your birthday. Plus, we have exciting news. And we talked about this a lot during the episode um just about parenting and relationships and life and love and all that stuff and um you were talking about trying to have a baby and yeah <laughs> and it was just announced to the world <laughs> yeah <laughs> that i'm pregnant congratulations <laughs> thank you so much have you, do you you're not saying if it's a boy or girl you're not you're not, you're not keeping that secret we're it's a secret okay still. cool cool respect yeah. respect <laughs> but congratulations that, that was a long journey i'm so happy for you it was such a long journey and like i can't wait to just share more of how i got here because it was not an easy path and it was so unconventional and i really had to like um be my own advocate and and i feel like there's so many women that unfortunately are on this journey and they just kind of get lost 
yeah. in the woodwork and you know especially if they go down the IVF path it's like you just they just kind of do the same treatment for everybody it's just like a protocol and you know a lot of women need like special attention like I did and um I'm I'm so grateful that I was able to like get the right people around me to support me to like get me to where I am now. So I, I'm, I'm just like so excited to share and like help anybody that like needs help. Cause it's such a, it's such a tough road. <laughs> yeah. It's a long road. I mean, was there, is there, a, did you try a bunch of different times? You tried all everything, right? For sure. Yeah. I mean, the big thing for me was, um, which is just so mind blowing to me. There's only like five or six of these type of reproductive immunology doctors in the country. Oh, wow. And I, um, I was able to connect with one of them who works remote up in North, uh, Northern California. It's that it's called the Allen beer center. Okay. If anybody is in need, need support, but they just like dive deeper into women that are having like um, repetitive miscarriages or can't get pregnant. So I think because of my age, a lot of, um, doctors just put me in the category, like it's probably a chromosome issue or, you know, you don't have enough eggs and they just kind of, you know, just put me in that category. But for me, it wasn't that I couldn't get pregnant because I was able to get pregnant. It's that my body was attacking the embryo because I have rheumatoid arthritis. I yeah. have known autoimmune issues. So this place, like, did everything like did this whole protocol to call basically calm my immune system down and they're like we're not even giving you the green light to try until all your levels are great and they yeah. check levels that like regular doctors just don't check like natural killer cells and all these types of things wow. that could yeah because like i mean i've learned so much but basically the placenta like helps modulate the immune system so until the placenta is developed that's where it's like risky to have that miscarriage because a lot of women like see the embryo as a, as a foreign object so mm -hmm. it's just such a wild thing but even women that don't have known autoimmune issues i've seen have such great success with just like being able to calm their immune system down prior to even trying you know yeah. but yeah. how many pregnant are you now so I, I, you know, it's so funny because I've been telling everyone I'm four months, but I'm actually five. Wow. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, I just, cause we've been keeping it secret and you know, yeah. it's so, it's so sacred because we've just been through the ringer and I'm like, let's just keep it sacred. But then like Devin and I, like my husband, you know, yes. we were just like, you know what, let's not let our past like disrupt the joy that we should be having right now and how long it's like took taking us to get here so we're like i think we're ready to share and um but yeah the other day i looked at my calendar and i'm like oh shit we're actually five months wow. <laughs> so i was like we're i was like we better get our shit together <laughs> we, are you doing natural have... uh, it's gonna be a natural home birth again too like with kaleo you know i i that's what I've always wanted. And I'm trying to like put my ego aside that that might not be the mm. best choice for me this time. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're in the process of like interviewing doctors and midwives and doulas and cool. we're going to start birthing classes and, you know, cause it's been 20 years. It'll be almost 20 years since I've done this. So wow. a lot has changed. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Medicine, science, um, everything. Wow. Yeah. So, we haven't made up our mind. I mean, ideally, I definitely would love to be home as long as I possibly can. But I think sure. the biggest factor is that, um, you know where we live, but we're like up yeah. in the mountains and we're, we're not close to like any hospital. So 
if we did have to transfer, it would be like a, a 30 minute drive. So we're like, what should we do here? <laughs> oh, you, have to, you have to go into Hollywood for a hospital probably, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, wow. there's there's some in the valley and then like That's Santa right. Monica stuff. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I'm Good. so happy for you all. You're an amazing couple and family and stoked for Kaleo. Thank you so much. Just hearing your journey. I know it's so yeah. cute. When Max was over here and I told him, he like screamed. His reaction was like so much better than Cleo's. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to be an uncle. Oh, that's so <laughs> he was, sweet. Like, screaming. It was so cute. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, I'm so happy for you. And um, yeah, those, the boys had a great time in Hawaii. That was awesome. The footage from there is incredible. It's so relaxing oh, and peaceful. Best. And I'm so the happy. Best. Yeah, Max was so excited. And yeah, I mean, you guys are fam. So I'm super happy for you and appreciate you being on this podcast and sharing everything with me. It's, it's on everybody Thank listening. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and like giving me this opportunity to share. Cause like, I, honestly, I want to scream it from the rooftops. Like any women that need help, yeah. <laughs> like you can DM me. If I see your message, I will respond. I love that. For sure. Well, yeah. thank you. And um, I can't wait to meet the baby. And yeah, so have, have a great birthday today. Thank and, you uh, so much. Of course. And I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. I've always loved sweets. That's why I have um, a thousand gold teeth and had cavities my whole life. But I always love cookies. And being a vegan and being gluten-free, it's extremely difficult to get a cookie that actually tastes good. Most of those cookies are super, super dry. Until I found Maxine's Heavenly, uh, you probably see me post about them. They're incredible. They're gluten-free. They're vegan. They're made with no refined sugars. You can get them in Whole Foods, Sprouts, Walmart, Amazon, maxinesheavenly.com. And if you're in LA, you can get my favorite restaurant, Green Tables, carrying them. Um, you can also, if you're in LA, get Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Chow Now. Super, super great company. Amazing people working there. The cookies are insane. I can eat a whole bunch of them. Not like you're supposed to. But I don't feel groggy and like bloated and I have that sugar crash. And every month, you should sign up for the mailing list because every month you get exclusive flavor drops and the cookies get delivered right to your house. So shout out to Maxine's Heavenly, my new sponsor. I have a cookie sponsor. I can't believe it. How old am I? I'm 53 and I'm promoting cookies because I love cookies still. I'm a big kid. Vegan, gluten-free, no refined sugars. If you listen to the Travis Barker episode, me and him talked about our love for Maxine's Heavenly's as well. Great cookie. If you're a vegan and you're gluten-free, there's no other cookie to have. Maxine's Heavenly. Go to MaxineHeavenly.com, go to shop, use my code OLLC, and get 25% off your first order. That's 25% off your first order. Go to MaxineHeavenly.com, use my code OLOC. Enjoy. These cookies are straight crack. I always ask my guests if they have any regrets. I personally don't have any regrets. Even when it comes to my tattoos, I have the silliest tattoos. Even my ET on my leg, it's still a childhood memory for me, and I love it. I've had tattoos on top of tattoos strictly because I wanted more tattoos. I started getting tattoos when I was 18. I'm 52 now and I can't stop. I've had lazy treatment before on something on my arm. It's four tattoos on top of each other. And that experience at that place was pretty fast. It was pretty cold. It was in and out, swiped the credit card. Don't really tell me much. Didn't give me much details or anything was going to happen. So I never went back. So as of most recently, I'm so lucky enough to have had two sessions at Removery Tattoo Removal. My tattoo on my arm looks like a big black blob is now super light. I've had two sessions. I have a long road ahead of me. None of this stuff happens overnight. You cannot take a tattoo up in one sitting. You have to be patient. And it's painful. They ice you up. It's super fast. To me, it felt like a bunch of rubber bands. But what's more painful than that is looking at something on your body that you think you're stuck with for the rest of your life. 
that sucks. But now for me, I'm really happy I started this journey. I'm slowly gonna get this tattoo removed. I never thought in a million years I have any kind of real estate on my arm. 